Street Fight family. How are you doing, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? We're glad to have you here. I hope your Sunday night is going all right. Uh, we are taking your calls. We'll be here for three hours from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Every single Sunday, Street Fight Radio is on the airwaves taking your calls. We're also live streaming this so you can watch on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube, wherever you may be. The number to dial is 614-655-3887. Doesn't change. It's always the same. So write it down. Uh, if you can't do it tonight, maybe next night, next week, not next night. Uh, working on an ABCD show coming up soon. That's uh, another thing we got in the fire. And uh, getting ready to wrap up Buttfest 2000 and move into Get Motivated. So we've got some exciting news for that as well. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on social media at Street Fight WCRS on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. On Twitch.tv, we're Street Fight Radio, uh, and you can follow us there. I stream video games from time to time. I just installed Yakuza, so maybe I'll start Yakuza uh, this week, but follow us, Twitch.tv slash Street Fight Radio. You can also get access to the special emojis of sad brian and that's a capitalism and all those other fun things we are uh we're here to take your calls i'm feeling good i'm feeling relaxed you know feeling pretty good yeah i think so yeah yeah better than wednesday today was maybe better than the last time we recorded i guess yes it was less news yeah less pressure yeah, there was some pressure there. It felt weird. It was like, uh, how do you really cover this on a comedy show? Yeah. But and I, we navigated it deftly. The best we could. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't want to say, like, you don't know what's going to, what the news is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to comment on when it's happening because it's like, this is going to age poorly. It's all still weird. Uh, yeah, it does also suck recording on big news nights just because, like, it's like, well, now we're just talking. If you record before it, then it's like, oh, this show is dated immediately. And that oh, sucks. I was just refreshing my podcast app, and so many of them had recorded before the coup. <laughs> like, in, yeah. in, as the first sentence in the description. Yeah, I would have been, I honestly, I would have been uh, uh, tempted to just come over on a Thursday and do it if that had happened to us. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't want to post shows that are that dated. Right now, uh, use my uh, kitchen knife today. And uh, for the people in the chat, I have two band aids. I cut myself two times, twice. Wow, it's, it happens that fast, people. It did. It did. I took a fucking huge chunk out of my pointer finger, and then this it, the other cut. It just band aid because it kept bleeding. It wouldn't stop bleeding. Okay. So I had to cut. I put band-aids on because I don't like the blood dripping everywhere, basically. Yeah, I'm not a sense. band-aid because it hurts. It's not like an owie thing. Yeah, I don't think people think that. More macho than that, you know? Yeah, I don't think band-aids, I mean, unless it was had, you know, like G.I. Joe's on it or something, I don't think people would think it's an owie. Yeah, yeah. It's not too much of an owie, really. I was just cooking. I had to, had to put a band-aid on it it was it was very uh that was traumatizing i'm gonna be afraid to use the knife the next time not i don't have great knife skills <laughs> okay when wow. it comes to the kitchen yeah um when we talk about the knife in my pocket 
I have somewhat great knife skills because I can flip it open and stuff. I don't have to stab anybody yet, but I feel like if I did, I would know how to do that. Okay. So that I'm safe with. Got it. It's just the kitchen knife is... A cutting a pepper is not is not as simple. And an onion, a pepper and an onion. I was I, I cut myself on the onion, then I got the pepper out and started cutting it, and was like, "God damn it!" And I cut myself on the onion or the pepper. So on both of the things I cut, I did make sure I did not contaminate. Yes, I watched Chopped, and I know how that works. You gotta you gotta handle it quick because if you get blood on it, the judges can't eat your food. Yeah, you gotta get it isolate it. You got to get the little finger condom on after you put the Band-Aid on. I, I did wear gloves for the rest of my cooking. Okay. Have, well, you do know what to do. I have uh, I have gloves I bought at the beginning of COVID that kitchen gloves because they said you had to wear gloves when you were in public. Yeah. You wore a mask. You Glove time. Gloves. You wore a hat. And they wanted you to put a face shield on at that time. It was like, God damn, man. Why, why don't you just mail us all a hazmat suit for Pete's sake? Yes. Mail us one of those goofy things they put on the senator's head. Give me an escape hood. Did you see those? I didn't even see them. These goofy things they put on the senator's heads were killing me. They were like bags, like clear bags with like a. Suction on them, a respirator on them. It was cracking me up seeing them because they look so goofy. I would have been like, I can't be seen in this thing. I'm sorry. You know, they probably don't have any gas. I doubt it. I can take a little. I doubt they have gas. Yeah, that's what I would say. I doubt they have gas. Uh, uh, I I can take a little mace. I've, you know, I've been maced. I've been to a protest or three and I have been maced several times now. It hurts and it sucks and it's terrible. But, uh, it's better than looking cool. I mean, better than not looking cool for a few minutes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But yeah, I saw those goofy hoods they put on people and I was like dying from it. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm one. Um, I guess I can, I can take a break away from StockX to appreciate safety equipment for not having like the never, brand of whoever made it all over it. You know, I never have though. Never ever. You know, we've talked about the pink uh, hard hat that I had to wear when I worked at the uh, at the old uh, roofing company because I wouldn't bring my hard hat to work because I thought hard hats looked like <laughs> for dorks. Yeah, looked like someone that cared about what because it looks like you care about your own life or something. You're I, trying to be, you're thinking about danger. You're instead of just barreling into danger, you're thinking about danger beforehand. I honestly felt like on the roofing job, you're on the top of the roof. What's going to land on your head? You're as high as it goes. What's an airplane going to drop something on you? You know, that's how I felt. Like, why do we need them up? You, here? you, but you had you, you had never done roofing enough to come to that. You, you can't make that judgment before you're the expert. Yeah, I wasn't really an expert ever when I did it. But I'm saying that, like at the time, my thought process was: Why are we wearing hard hats? We should wear hard pants. Okay. You know, if you fall we off. We springs on our boots so that we bounce <laughs> yeah. back onto the roof if we fall off. Yeah, something like that. You know, if you fall off, and I guess if you fall off and land on your head, but those hard hats fall off. They don't have a chin strap. You know, I was very bad. When I was working for a living, I was very bad with safety equipment. Just, I'd probably also, though, if I was like a senator and I, and they handed me that bag to put on my head, I would have gone out and bought a gas mask that looked cool. 
You know what I mean? Like, wait, you just, just said, hold on, I'm going to go buy one or no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, I'm sure they had those in their desks for an emergency, oh. like as a preparedness kit. And I would have been like, Oh, I'll, I'll go and take care. I'll, I'll go get something for myself. Yeah. You and actually. Dan Crenshaw would have had brought your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I would look cool as shit. Dan Crenshaw really, he let me down a little bit. Really? Really? Just. I thought he he was I thought he was a little crazier than he is. Oh. When he when he turned on Trump, I was like, first of all, Trump, you're in trouble, buddy, because this guy is this guy was ride or die. He's a wild, weird motherfucker, and he turned. You know, he's. Yeah, he, I thought he was the weirdest guy in the House of Representatives. I had always felt as though he was the weirdest guy there. The parachuting into Antifa training camps video was so absurd. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's you can't ask for normalcy or return to decorum and shit when you do that. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was the weirdest one, and I guess there's weirder ones there. Who I'm trying to think of who Matt Gates. He's weird. That's a fucking weird one right there. Who he's somebody I see his p- tweets, and I I'm like he's he has power. He yeah, has like he's in real charge. Power. Yeah, you know? he's in charge of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's weird. Woof. We should look into some of these characters Wednesday, you know? Sure. We'll look into Matt Gaines. See our new, our new, our new, uh, cast of characters. Dictators. Yeah. Who's going to be the new generals of our new dictatorship of Trump? Yeah. 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 We'll look into some of the Q guys, some of the conspiracy stuff. I'm curious enough about it now because I ended up on somebody's feed. On a Trump person's uh, feed, and I was watching all the stuff they were waiting for to happen last week that didn't happen. Uh-huh. And I was like, they really are like member. It, it people say it's a death cult or a doomsday cult so much, and and like it sometimes feels like oh they don't know they are, but you're like neither do other cults, and like they remind me of. When a cult says the world's going to end on this date, and then it doesn't end, and then they're like, well, that's because you didn't know about this. Yeah. It makes people double down. Yeah. And it's a new date. You know, I think that's that's what they really remind me of. It's like, I saw so much that they were like, what did they say they wanted that Trump was going to break in on the emergency broadcast network, and he was going to... You know, or have all of his political enemies arrested. Yeah, I heard um, they did some they did some espionage and got emails from Pelosi that proved that the election was stolen and that this whole thing was a front for Trump to get people access in there to get the information. Yeah, that the woman that got shot was a false flag. I've been seeing that. I haven't seen that one yet. I just saw it today. They had pictures of her her account retweeted something. Well, no. I'm going to put quotes around that. Her account retweeted something after they believe every tweet they see. If a screenshot, you could make a screenshot of anything and put anything in there and they believe it every fucking time, man. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, so I was reading through them saying like, these were posted from the POTUS Twitter account and then he deleted them immediately. So they didn't kick the POTUS account off of Twitter. Because, like, Trump is now using the POTUS account. Oh, is he? Mm-mm. No, but that's what they said. Ah. Uh. Like, he's he's using the POTUS account. He's going to start using the POTUS account. He's going to use the emergency broadcast network. 
they just really think something's going to happen here. And like we watched this with the libs with the Russia stuff where it's just like, guys, no one's going to give it up, please. Just it's pathetic now. Yeah, it's sad. You know, they're saying hunker down for two weeks and then the whole shit's going to pop off again. Right. We still got time. Before inauguration, the storm will come. Yeah. What do you think about the inauguration? What do you? What, what is your opinions on it? I'm a little like back and forth on it. You know, is Trump going to be at it? No. No. He announced no. <laughs> that was his last tweet. <laughs> oh, really? Which, I'll, I'll have you know, I won't be going to the inauguration. <laughs> okay, that's funny <laughs> because the previous president. All the previous presidents usually go. He's going to turn down so much stuff. I never even thought about that. Tantrum time. It's baby time. I know. This is crazy. They they really did elect an outsider. They really did. Yeah, they did. Like, they really fucking got... Somebody that couldn't just be cool and make money and get all these connections and have, you know, like, and be... After, he could be an ex-president and get the best deals ever. You could he could go speak anywhere anywhere for a million dollars. Yeah, he's going to be hanging out with his, like he's only going to be able to hang out with his sorry ass family. Like there isn't going to be other people that he would want to be around that are going to want funny. Because when you do, God tap, trapped in that house with him, <laughs> just screaming at his sons, probably talking about how the election stolen for two years. He's going to spend two years on it. Yes. How long did he talk about Obama's birth certificate was for, he was on that for so long. He's never going to stop. And like, I did read an article recently about how like the New York, uh, uh, social scene thing doesn't want Ivanka and Jared. Yes. Their things. Yes. Don Jr. is not invited to anything. So like all of the social capital, they are like, they have a lot of actual capital, money, no social capital anymore. They've just been jettisoned into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah, weird. But in, I don't know. The, the thing about it is, I, I mean, since it's happened, I, I do take it seriously. I mean, there are white supremacist militias that will use the cover of doofies to, you know, get away with murder, you know, mm-hmm. and hate crimes and shit. And uh, he's certainly willing to go along with it. And the, the Democrats are so ill-equipped. I was I was talking to somebody this week that said at work, uh, their boss was like, we're going to have an early, let's have a meeting first thing tomorrow on Thursday. And sat him down and was like, hey, something really crazy happened yesterday. We can't just get back to work. Let's talk about it. We're, I want to foster, you know, this was an unprecedented moment in history. I want to foster a dialogue about it. And it's like, you, that doesn't, what's the dialogue? Those people need to be stopped. Yeah. And, and, and you've ignored us for years. You know, everybody told you in 2016 that Donald Trump was being bankrolled by white supremacists and they called us crazy asses, you know, and then like now we're just going to be crazy again. I don't, I like we can never win with them and the liberals are ill prepared. They're just going to say i want to get back to this i want to get back to you know normal normal and and the republicans are the fucking problem republicanism is a problem that needs to be shut down because they all went along with it you know they all allowed it to happen yeah but they fucking pushed it and and the democrats are like well we need to give them equal space no we don't no we don't no we certainly don't need that they don't need to be uh uh 
we don't need to treat them with any kind of respect or, or seriousness. There's nothing serious about them. the most right right wing party should be the Democrats. Absolutely. And then I would love that we would have a left part. I would love to. Say, I would love to say I want to do this radical thing and have to argue with my liberal friends about it. That's a perfectly acceptable debate for me to have. Yeah, yeah. Even though they're also just conservative, they really are just Republicans that want to throw everybody in jail and you know keep the money funneling upwards. Yeah, but still, they should. They there shouldn't even be this. The Republican Party shouldn't be fucking tolerated. Yeah. So the other thing that's happening as we record this, and this could age badly after we just talked about things aging badly, we're watching the Browns maybe go to their first Super Bowl ever. And that's exciting to me because it's an Ohio thing and I have Ohio in my blood. So that's happening. There's Um, a lot of pride happening. I, I would like to riot. Actually, to tell you the truth, lots of yeah, I mean, lots of childhood memories of guys with their dog ears on and barking and stuff, dads at parties, you know, yeah, and people just being like, Every- I mean, like, people will go nuts for this. We don't really go nuts. We have, like, if the Browns win tonight and the Buckeyes win tomorrow, Ohio might explode, yeah, because we're gonna make our own country. Yeah, it, we might. Yeah, you it's Ohio see? against the world, and we're winning. <laughs> we are winning. What if we become the new Massachusetts, the new Boston, where like all of our teams win? Then I'll get back into sports right after on in the wake. Uh, literally tomorrow, I will get back into football if the Browns win tonight. And I was a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I wasn't even a Browns fan, but I'll become a Browns fan tomorrow. Yeah, Browns also got betrayed by Art Bell or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's just, it's one of the, it, it, honestly, all of the people I know that called got called losers and talk shit about for being diehard Browns fan, it is, it does make me feel good to know that they're going to have a, a happy moment in their life. You yeah, know? against the Steelers, too. Oh, God. That Perfect. is just, that is just, like, people in... Well, first of all, horrible people in Columbus like the Steelers, right? Yeah, the like, worst Columbus Columbusites <laughs> like the Steelers. <laughs> the worst Columbus people like the Steelers in Michigan, and they just are are like uh, they're probably Trump people. All every damn last one of them is probably a Trump person because it's 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 really like what if I like the team that isn't in my city? Yeah, I'm gonna like <laughs> the one that's right over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting, though. It's a, I mean, but it also, I mean, Pittsburgh is a, almost about the same distance as Cincinnati, and you could pick Indianapolis, Pittsburgh. We're like in the middle. We're in the middle of that crosshair of Indianapolis to Pittsburgh and Cleveland to Cincinnati. Especially if you're like a not a state, like you're an anti-statist. Yes, then you could say like, I mean, Pittsburgh's just as close as the other two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, you can like anything within like if we if you don't have a team where you're at if you're on if you if you don't have a team I think you can choose I think you can pick oh I don't like that you have to pick within driving distance I like that okay I like that I do because I you know we've said this before it's still gonna have sports if the revolution happens yeah people are gonna do sports of some sorts yeah people are always gonna do sports. And there's always going to be people willing to do a bunch of steroids <laughs> in order yeah. for us to watch them. Yeah. So, 
That's fine. There's people that'll take cortisone shots instead of surgery to win a big game. <laughs> there are. There will always be those people. There will always be those people. It's what we've said about wrestling. There will always be people who will take the crazy ladder bump. Yeah. Because people like to do crazy things. That's yeah. just the way it is, man. People say we do crazy stuff because of some of the stuff we talk about on the air. We're not like... We're not like uh, 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 anonymous. We yeah. use our real names and shit, you know? And it's like, that's not nothing compared to what like other people do that like just are like, I don't know. You, I always bring up uh, free solo, that free solo thing. Yeah. Where it's like the guy died climbing a mountain, but it's like, he wanted to climb that mountain. You know what the I mean? The guy in the movie didn't die. Or somebody died, right? Somebody climb in the movie the died. Yeah, I didn't watch a movie. Well, yeah, it's a movie about people that climb mountains without equipment. Yeah. And he does, at one point, rattle off. He's like, oh, there was Bjorn, there was Dieter, there was... <laughs> Any American guy? <laughs> yes, um... Bjorn, there was, Dieter. There was a Travis in there, too. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> but he does, like... It's one of those things, it's like, you, you're trading in years of your life for it, you know? Like, yeah. every time you go up there, you're closer to the time you slip, because eventually your grip isn't going to be the same. Like, you, you, you're going to go downhill, and... It, and that's when you actually go down the hill. Yeah. And it's like, dude, what, you got to stop him? We can't stop a guy from climbing the side of a mountain? Yeah. You know, I wish there was, I wish they had to like hire somebody to clean him up. You know? Somebody they does. Fall. I know, but you don't want some innocent person like stumbling on should, their dead body. You should or, make like, their team or their family clean it up. Well, no, they just have, and if you want to do it, you got to bring a guy uh, with you. You got to pay for f free solo insurance that includes a death package. Yeah, they make, uh, what's it called? They make rest, well, they used to make, some cities <laughs> make wrestling companies have a paramedics on site when yeah, they do an injury show. That's true. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, it makes sense. There should be paramedics. Some places don't, and places that don't, like LA doesn't. Yeah, that's stupid. It's crazy. Watch his David Arquette documentary where he got his like neck cut and blood was just squirting out and fucking I can't remember. I think it was RJ City, who's a wrestler, is outside like attending to it. <laughs> because there's nobody there oh to take God. care of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wish I would have put my I'm putting money on the game next week and the Browns win. Good idea. I'm fucking laying down money on the Browns. Can we baby. get in my bookie code? That's something I would advertise for. I know some friends who have who have them. Um, I can use their my bookie code. No, I mean, can show. we get one for the show? <laughs> oh no, I doubt it. I, I want doubt some it. points. They do do they do do that though. Well, I, I heard other podcasts advertise my bookie. Yeah, and you get whatever the double the double whatever you your deposit deposit. Yeah. yeah, you told me that's a scam though. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. Whenever they match your money at the casino, they usually, especially the online ones, they require that you have to bet it a certain amount of times over. So if you pay $100, they will give you $100 and you have to then bet maybe five times and you have to bet $500. So you can't just take that $200 bet and put it on black and win and walk away with $400. You have to try to lose it like uh, 10 times in a row, 10 times over before they'll let you have it. I miss roulette so fucking much that I, I think maybe I just got a bet on the sports. Yeah, I saw um, 
we I started watching your warrior show and there's a degenerate gambler in there and it's just got me like sweating and like licking my lips and I'm just like just can smell it. I'm just closing my eyes and smelling like the must and the grease and the sleaziness of it all. <laughs> yeah. And just thinking about like taking $200 out of my bank and just throwing it away. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> exhilarating. I know. I know. I know. I might do it. I'm, I, 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 look, if the Browns win tonight, I'm betting on next week's game for sure. And then I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And makes I'm gonna, it better. It's my birthday weekend. It's, it's Brian Day on Saturday. Big Brian Day. All kinds of Brian stuff happening that day. Okay. Because uh, we work Sunday and yes, Monday's MLK Day, which is actually my birthday. But you can't yeah. stay up late on my birthday. Yeah, you're so you're going to abdicate MLK Day to him and br- move Brian Day to a different day. Brian Day is Saturday. Okay. Yeah, because we're working Friday. I just said that you don't we're have doing a-, a blocked party. Oh yeah, on we our are. Patreon stream. We're doing. Uh, 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 we're going to watch uh, Dragons Den, which is Canadian Shark Tank. With uh, John and Stefan. So we are doing that Friday night at 10 o'clock. You can go to the Blocked Party Patreon to find out about it. But we're doing that. So then Saturday seems like the day. I think I'm going to do Shake Shack for dinner. Oh, that's your, that's your, wow. That's my top. That's your birthday meal. I mean, what, you want me to get like a steak? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it. Whatever you want. You know my favorite food's cheeseburgers, though. I do know that. It's like... The top of the top of the top favorite food over pizza, over all the pizza to me is I don't know what to eat. I'm going to have pizza. Sure. Cheeseburgers are I know what I want. I want a cheeseburger and I want it every single day. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to not I have to be really careful not to just have a cheeseburger every single day of my life. I I, I agree with you 100% that Impossible Beef has invaded <laughs> our fridge too. And then I'm like, we we can have cheeseburgers all the time now though. That's, <laughs> when I stopped eating meat, it was like a healthy thing. I, I'm not too big on, I'm not too overwhelmed with health stuff, but um, cheeseburgers, I was like, that's something good. I don't, I'm glad I don't do red meat anymore. And it's like, well, this is <laughs> coconut fat that tastes like a hamburger. It's yeah. still bad. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And I started doing McDonald's at home is what we call it. So I dice the onions up. We have brioche buns that I warm up. I put a slice of like a uh, Velveeta on it and uh, we do all the, the right stuff. Yeah. McDonald's at home the right way. Not the, not mom's recipe. I get, I cut, I make the patties so fucking thin. Yeah. Like I, sm- I just push my hands together. Really? I love it. Yeah. They're so crispy and good. I don't like making them because I suck at it. I never. I I should make smash burgers though. I think I could make good smash burgers. Yeah. I just, you know, but but like yeah, Brian Knight is going to be burgs for sure and donuts. That so, sounds like you. That does sound like you. Love donuts. And then we might play a game. It's been a while since I've done nuts. Oh, me too. Actually, we might play a game. We might not. But we are going to watch Batman versus Superman, The Dawn of Justice, and The Raid 2, I think. What's Dawn of Justice? That's the rest of the name. Of oh, Batman oh. versus Superman. Okay. The Dawn of Justice. Okay. It's good. Sounds like a good- I haven't seen it in a long time, so I wanted to watch it, and I was like, you know what? Let's do it on Brian Day. So you don't say birthday anymore? You say Brian Day? No, Saturday's Brian Day. My birthday is on Friday. Uh, on Monday. 
Okay, Brian. It's just in lieu of gifts. I just wanted because I was like, I don't know, what do I want in this world? You know what I mean? I got everything I'm, I want now. Something maybe like a, a cool uh, escape hood or something. Maybe something a more stylish escape hood. Yeah, that might work. It's just like I got a knife. I got the watch. All the hoodies I could ever want. Yeah, it's great. You're you've achieved Nirvana, really. <laughs> American Nirvana. It's like I've bought everything. I don't want everything. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. <laughs> what American? What 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 thing do I really need? You know, and I don't know. Yeah, can't figure it out. So I got a yo-yo. I got a PlayStation Four. Wow. I don't have a five, but you can't get them anywhere. Right. Everywhere I go has a sign that says, we do not have next-gen gaming consoles. <laughs> so, yeah, let's take some calls, man. All right. Let's um, take some calls. If you're listening and you want to call, uh, we've got plenty of room in the queue tonight. Uh-oh. That's bad news. <laughs> not if we want to get out early, I guess, but... That's true. That's probably why we just talked for... Yeah. No, we did our normal 30. Yeah, I love doing 30. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's up, Street Fight? This is Jonathan from Dayton. What's up, Jonathan? How's it going? Good. You know, you know, my, my family was a Browns family. Nice. So I, I do remember that. I do remember that year. There was no Browns. Wasn't it? It was one. It was only one year. I, I think. I think it was just one year. Did you like the, the Ravens? Became the Ravens, and then they brought in an expansion the year after that. Yeah. Did you like the Ravens I that year? This a long time ago. Were they were they like, oh, we're just Ravens fans now? Same yeah. team. No, I remember them trying to sell all the new I Ravens merch. Did that. People, I are like, oh, I look good in purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. I don't. I don't think anybody did that. No. No, I don't think so. I. I. I think like the Brown Ohio sports are unhealthy. Crate like uh, uh, people love Ohio sports in an unhealthy way, you know what I mean? So like, uh, what the hell? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, people love Ohio uh, Ohio sports, and one of my rings closed on my watch, and I couldn't believe it. Okay, braggart. Yeah, I know. I, well, I wasn't standing. I think I I think it thinks I was standing because I was going like this. I had my arm up. But it gave me credit for standing. Well, holding your arm up is just as bad as standing. Yeah. Well, what's it going hurts. on tonight? Well, I, I I wanted to call in, and I wanted to maybe tell a story you might be interested in. Okay. And it, it kind of became relevant because of what happened on Wednesday. But I, I was one of the folks who was in the Wisconsin State Capitol... During the during the final days of the occupation in 2011. Oh, really? That? Yeah, well, that thing was badass. That Rick was, Scott? No, no. The uh, to Paul Ryan. News. Yeah, we were Street Fight started right around that, and I give that a lot of credit. Yeah, that that was when that was when Scott Walker mm. Scott. introduced this bill called Act Ten which was going to basically eviscerate public public sector unions in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yes, yes. And and like yeah, I think Street Fight started oh fuck. Street Fight started like 
Do you remember what month that was? I it, it was it was kind of an extended process. Yeah. But I was there either in in February or March. Street Fight started. I, I remember that because it was cold as fuck. Street Fight started in June of that year because of that, you know, because that really kicked off Occupy too. Yeah, it kicked off Occupy. I think that the people don't remember that like they occupied the the Wisconsin State House and then they started doing they that was what Occupy was basically named after in a way. Occupy Wall Street like got the idea. It happened well after it and people were talking about occupations at that time it really kicked off a lot of that wave of stuff in 2011 well well anyway anyway the story was i was living in portland oregon at the time and it was actually the union that i used to uh it was the union that i used to belong to and who i had organized with who had actually kicked off the occupation. Okay. So, so shout out to AFC Local 3220. Nice. And I, I saw this going on. I was just reading the news and, and reading blogs like everybody else. And I just decided that I wanted to, that I wanted to go back and, 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 and be a part of it because a bunch of people that I knew, I knew that a bunch of people I, that I knew would have been involved in it at that point. What was it? I mean, so, you lived there, right? Like they they were like actually staying there. If I'm not, oh yeah, I lived there for like a week. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> so 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 the the way that it happened is that I I took my I took my then fiance, who who is who is now my ex wife. So all, all of this all of this happened approximately one marriage ago. Okay. Um, but Rockway to count uh, so things. We, we were going to go out there together, and she was asking me, you know, what what's the plan? What are we going to do when we get there? And I'm like, the plan is we're going to go and we're going to go live in the capital. Right. And so that's the, that's that's the way that it turned out that it turned out happening. And you got to eat mad pizza because so people were just ordering pizzas for them. There was so much pizza. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, so there was there was there was a whole bunch of tables full of full of just food that people had donated. There was a whole kind of side room that was full of like bedding materials because you you basically have to sleep on a marble floor. Mm. So maybe you just kind of stack up a bunch of bedding. That's... And then the days were filled with people doing all kinds of stuff. Like uh, the Teamsters were there, different various unions would be in and out. The firefighters would parade through the Capitol Rotunda every morning with bagpipes and noisemakers, and it was uh, it was this it was this huge thing. And then during 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 the day, you would kind of talk. There'd be media people everywhere, kind of trying to talk to people about what was going on. There was a weird kind of tourism that sprang up. People would drive up from like Chicago just to go into the Capitol and see this, uh, just to see this thing. People, people were real excited. I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it was similar here. I mean, that kicked, that was a lot of inspiration. Uh, the time right, that was 2011. That was early in the year. 
and then the Occupies kicked off in September of later that year. Yeah. It was a big idea of like, well, maybe we can just take over the space. And I remember going with Brian down there uh, to see Teamsters and union members speak into bull bullhorns uh, about issues that SB five. Yeah, SB five is what it was here, and there was teachers, and there was there was all kinds of people that are getting bussed from all over the state to go down there, and it was a huge, huge rally. It was very hopeful. It was a very promising thing. I, I loved seeing it. It was super working class. Like, yes, as working people as you yeah. can get. And 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 there were like impromptu lectures on anarchism. There were there were drum circles and chanting and singing, just all just all day long. Probably get some cooler music, and then, though. After we had been living there a couple of days, and by the way, one of the reasons why this was possible is that access to the Wisconsin state capitol was guaranteed by the state constitution. Oh, I always okay. wondered that. So you can't, yeah, you can't exclude people, except eventually they did. I was going to say, we could go occupy it now. A couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> After we had been there for a couple of days, they locked it down and said, okay, no one else can come in unless you have like actual like legislative business in the building. Mm -hmm. And so we were in there when they locked it down. And then, you know, we're faced with this conundrum, like how long are we going to be able to go on? Yeah, because you're going to run out of food. People, you know, they started trickling out. Yeah. A, a lot of people kind of started trickling out. And so the number of people who were continuously occupying the building, it was, it was just kind of decreasing steadily until at the, the, the final, the final night, there was like a dozen of us, 20 of us. Yeah. At some point, you need and a shower. There, there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I suppose I didn't have a shower that entire time. Jesus, Because I was Jesus. in the Capitol continuously for like six to seven days. I went to Woodstock 99 and I didn't have a shower for the 48 hours I was there and I was miserable. <laughs> I don't have it in me to be an occupier. Oh, oh, and, and after a couple of days after I left, we, everybody involved just got the worst, just plague, just the the some some kind of cold or flu had been circulating in that building it was because it was packed there's no way to stop it yeah yeah and so it was it was, it was a little difficult but anyway the, the protests outside the building continued the entire time you know just like massive number of people surrounding that building while we were the ones who were kind of hold, holding out on the inside of it and so what had happened that final night was that a bunch of people had managed to, I don't know, sneak around to a less strongly guarded entrance to the building and force their way back in. And so we were there on the inside, just kind of wondering, you know, what was, what was going to come next and, you know, just doing our normal thing. And just this mob of just comrades just comes rushing into the building. Just, just filling it up again the way that it was before. It was like, I was like the liberation of Paris or something. Everybody starts cheering and yelling and playing <laughs> horns and shit. Exactly. And that's also the night that 
everyone there made the collective decision that uh, that it was time for it to come to an end. Whatever, whatever supposed advantage, whatever supposed benefit there was to being there, had just had just dwindled away to nothing, and it was just time to do something else, I guess. Yeah, it moved to New York too. Like once that happened, Oakland and New York really popped off in September. So like the the wave just kind of kept going until the 2012 election when it stopped and <laughs> went to electing Barack Obama. Right. Right. So 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 yeah, it would have been it would have been siphoned off into into kind of the presidential election. And, and, I, and I guess a congruent way with, with what happened this summer. It'll, it, it happens. It, it, that's how it happens, though. I mean, they give you three years to figure something out, and then you get one whole year where it's just election. They, they siphon it all to an election. So, like, that's why... That that's why you get like things are building in 2008, 2009 or 2009, 2010, and then they explode in 2011 and then 2012, we have to do an election. So the heat gets kind of taken away and then things are things are building again in 2000, you know, 13. Well, not as much in 13, 14 and 15. It, 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 it is discouragingly repetitive. Yeah, I've watched it happen a so, few so, times. Yeah, so I I I, th I think that the epilogue here is that in 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 the end they were able to to force Act Ten through, and so in that limited sense, the occupation of the Wisconsin Capitol was uh, was a failure. It didn't work. It didn't work policy. It didn't work to adjust policy. I think it did radicalize a lot of people. And I know that I would give it a lot of credit for me. I would say that like I, I sat and watched that thing. I watched that thing in rapt attention and it turned me into what I am. And I'm sure I'm not the only person who that who had inspired like that. So I, 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 I think the takeaway here is that these, these occupations, they don't work in and of themselves. I, I was kind of under the presumption that after the occupation ended, then all of the action would move into workplaces. Like unions, even if they weren't public sector unions, even if they weren't public sector unions that were directly affected, would kind of engage in, in, in sympathy action or take some kind of cue to start mobilizing against it all. And nothing, nothing like that ever happened. Yeah. And so I, I, I think the lesson here, once again, is that these, these occupations don't work in and of themselves. I mean, they're, 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 they're wonderful actions for kind of highlighting something that's going on and for for kind of for kind of bringing people's attention to things yeah if they're trying to steal they, the election have we have to interject <laughs> yeah 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 we got to stop the steal strong follow yeah but yeah yeah no you're right I, i'm kind of i i i think like 
we we just gotta hope that like I don't know I that it cools down over time. People just go back to not caring. That's what you want to happen yeah. at this point now. Almost, it's like you just want all those people to just go back to like not caring about politics and watching like Survivor or something. You know what I mean? Or NCIS. Just do something else. You got yourselves all riled yeah. up and you got yourself in a lot of trouble and go find something else to do where you're not going to go. Don't play with your Q friends anymore. You're not allowed to play with those Q boys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I've, been, I've been dreading, I've been dreading things like follow-up actions from the right in response to this thing that happened in DC. I'm not really seeing it, which means that they're, they're disorganized in kind of the same way well, that I guess we were back in 2011. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean they don't. Yeah, they they have an an awful attitude, but they're they're also extremely atomized. They're not. They have no solidarity. They trample one of their own people, which is something that would never happen uh, at at one of right. our marches. Uh, so. It, but also, I, I don't exp I think that this is a, they got shellacked. And I think that maybe, you know, this is, there are people paying attention to this that might try something else, uh, in the future. Uh, I mean, especially with, you know, we got to remember the Christmas communications bomber happened on Christmas as well. And that kind of stuff, if that kind of stuff happens, one person can do that and they can put us all in a panic. And, uh, who knows what can happen from there. Uh, although I, I just don't see, I don't see the, the powers that be letting it get to that size, you know? Yeah. It really is about how much they're going to let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think they played too much. They played too, they played too easy. A lot of them are also cops. You know, people were talking about military officers and police flashing their badges as they were trying to get into the Capitol. And, uh, that plays a big part in it as well. Uh, but honestly, I think, you know, the Pelosi's and the Lindsey Graham's of the world want things to go back to where they're at and they'll kill anybody that tries to stop that, even if it's over some <laughs> yeah. some white supremacist bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is not this is not the end of the Republican Party. We've seen this happen before. No, but we'd love it to uh, be like though. back when Gabrielle Gifford was shot. Everyone was like you Republicans, you can't be winding up people to do this kind of stuff anymore. And it didn't stick. And here we are again. Uh, yeah. yeah. So for us, I mean, it's a matter of, you know, I, I don't, we can't do anything openly either because like the way I feel, I the, I the way I feel about it is like with, with these people, it's, you, you broke the law and they're going to fucking do whatever they do to you. And I say that to say, I say that to our people too. I'm like, don't get too crazy about yeah. breaking the law because we, we aren't into a radical place where we can like take you as a hostage and give you freedom. Like they're going to, to use the law against you as much as they can and fuck your life over. And, and they'll kill you secretly too. Uh, but for the, the, that's just what's going to happen. You're going to get punished for this shit. And I can't do anything. I can't change how it is. And I, I, if we go and if we were to try and attack or stop something or go on the offensive, which is, you know, just another hateful killing fantasy that we don't need in this world. But you, you're, the cops are going to stop you from doing that too, you know? Yeah. There, there's no, I would totally agree. 
there's no, we don't need to be a street gang that takes them on. We need to get a hold of all the people on the sidelines that are vulnerable to this kind of stuff because there were, there were dangerous actors in there and there are people that if they had the opportunity, they would totally take the president. They would totally take the nation if they could figure out a stupid way to get it done. Uh, but you know, the dupes on the outside are the ones that we have to, like you said, get them to just stop being into politics. <laughs> that, that, leave it, leave it to other people. Yeah. Just you, know, you what, fudge that up. What do you like? Maybe it's the Marvel movies. Yeah. They just, they overplayed their hand with the Marvel movies. Now these Q people don't want to watch those. You know, they, they need a, they need Terminator and Predator. And, we can to make R rated uh, action movies again. That's true. <laughs> just R rated action movies with buff dudes. And we'll get right back. Maybe they'll just cool out a little bit. Maybe we need to make some propaganda just looks, for them. Looks like Schwarzenegger's not doing anything these days. Yeah, but he's mad at them now. So it would have to be. We have to find like well, he was one of them. Yeah, but now he's now he's not. We got to well, find John, just like John Cena do it. He's got the look. He's he's a big buff dude. Uh, he's already played a marine. You know, you just make them a couple movies, they'll sit back and they'll be done, you know? They just got whipped into a fucking frenzy by this president, you know? Like, it was just so exciting to them. No, they've always been whipped up to a frenzy. This president was the first, this one played with it. Yeah. He well, played around with something I do want to clarify doing. that, like, I'm talking about the, like, mainstream, like, dumbasses. And not the white supremacists who use them as sort of use them and whip them into a frenzy and got them rolling, you know? Yeah. I'm talking about like just like my father in law. If he had anything else to do, he would just do that. Right. <laughs> you know, like he's he doesn't he's feel strongly enough about anything. He's just stuck on a couch getting his brain microwave just blasted with angry white guys dude you know just angry just angry people he's just blasted with this anger in his face i didn't visit him this week no but uh thanks for calling in it was was a good good call i didn't talk to him talk to you guys later thank you appreciate it i didn't go i didn't go because i woke up and i said give me 10 minutes and i'll get ready and my wife was like you know why don't you just not do it i think she listened to the show the day before oh and heard me kind of being like i I feel like dealing with it and shit like that but i did actually want to go for the content yeah i would say i don't know i haven't signed up for that kind of a beating um some of the ones you've gone to probably not this one seems like it could have been this seems like it would have been worth it. Yeah, I should have gone. I I would have loved to have. Uh, uh, I would have loved to have heard. I I guess though. Here's the truth though: his dog died, and he's really sad, and like wasn't yelling about anything. I guess like he, uh, 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 my brother-in-law pulled him to the side, and they were having a quiet conversation, probably about Nancy Pelosi or something, but it wasn't like a whole thing, you know? Yeah. It seemed like he was like, my dog died. I'm going to, I want to wrap my arms around my granddaughter and, you know, really get to know her and life is too short and everything. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the impression I got from that. Well, maybe you got some new good medication or something. I don't think so. I don't think fireball the, ah, 
maybe he had some fireball. That's his medication. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I just, I didn't go. I'll go next time. I, I am curious and I will have the conversation. Yeah, I'm not afraid to have the argument, dude. Sure. I don't care, you know? But the more times I do, I screw it up a little bit because the more times I don't go there, the more he gets, you know, told not to talk about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they think I don't go there because I don't want to have this conversation. When really, I just don't want to go there. Uh-huh. That's the, it's, it's, it's not a political thing. It's a personality thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like their personality, not mine. I'm I'm a delight to be around. Yeah, your personality too. <laughs> but I'm delightful. I'm a delightful personality. Sure. Uh, we got another call here. We do. All right, let's take it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, is the audio all right? It's a little quiet. If you can get closer or something, that would be great. Uh, how about this one? This is great. This is perfect. Okay, awesome. Hi, this is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what? what's up? It's so good to hear from you. Hey, how's it going? Okay, okay. It's been over a year. No, it hasn't. Has, oh, it was October, uh, wasn't no, I it? Called, uh, yeah, I, I called fairly recently. Yeah, you called in pandemic times. Yeah. yeah. Um, Feels like here to me. How's it going? Yeah, it does feel like uh, a year. Yeah, I guess it's been a day. But yeah, things are uh, things are going pretty good right now. Actually, uh, I'm still at that job I got uh, last March, right before pandem- the pandemic hit. Um, so that's going good. Um, I actually was just calling um, because I have a very late and <laughs> disqualified. Uh, uh, submission for your Colin Sick voicemail. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, um, go for it. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brian. Um, shoot, I am so sorry. I don't think I can come in today. Um, my boyfriend actually tried to kill himself last night, and um, like he's safe, he's fine. Um, I, you know, I just want. To, I just think someone should be there with him today. Um, you know, and his mom's at work right now, uh, so she can't be over. Um, yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, someone should be there with them tomorrow. Um, but I'm, I'm just really not sure. Um, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop, but, uh, thanks for being so understanding. I really appreciate it. Can wow. I, <laughs> that's, can I? You added a, sorry, go ahead. I, my thing is that, like, I, I do believe that calling in and, not having to fake being sick is the top level best way to do it. Yeah. If it's somebody else's problem, that's great. But you also added another, this is like a grandma's death. This is a situation. This is even better because you can't like, you don't have to show, you don't have to show like records that somebody tried to do this. And it's something so shocking and so taboo that no one would ever check into it. This is definitely one you could pull. Right. And being, so like upfront and direct about it, I think like totally disarms somebody. Like there's no like they can't ask about it. What are they gonna say? People are on their heels immediately as soon as they hear that. Uh, it's uh, you know, it, it's uh, that is an excellent tactic. I applaud that one. Plus, it gives me an excuse. Yeah, I mean, like then you know you don't have to pretend to be sick the next day or whatever. You know, or feeling 
oh, I'm feeling a little better. Um, right. You know, but, you know, and I can, I can be at my boyfriend's guilt free. <laughs> Um, so yeah yeah there's there's my submission for you (laughs) yeah that is great that was that was a really good one it's a bold move thanks but glad you like it um but yeah i don't know i'm sure there's a lot of other people um Mm. (laughs) if you got something to share you're welcome tonight's the night yeah i yeah i I think if we fucked up the uh the uh link sharing the alerts the alerts yeah oh i just saw that you Wait, you dm'd me and uh, oh, uh no, you're good i i figured that there would be a really long um queue but mm. i called a little late and, and second i guess so yeah it just it um, happens you know it, we need to get yeah. we need to do gimmick shows again we're gonna do some more gimmick shows and we also don't put the phone number on twitter anymore because <laughs> we're trying to get off work early that's not true. <laughs> Thanks for calling, yeah, Elizabeth. Is, I think very in the spirit of Street Fight. Um, yeah. So, uh, can I do a couple quick plugs? Uh, for sure. Anytime. Cool. Um, so uh, I want to plug the concept of overalls. Just like get yourself a really good pair of work overalls. I've been thinking about uh, getting some overalls. I... Not coveralls, so right? You're I, talking I, bibs, right? I got two pairs, like two identical pairs of Carhartts. Um, just black. They're great. Wear them fucking every day. It's so great. I don't have to think about an outfit. Um, oh, it's, it's ideal. Um, so I just recommend everyone does that. You have so many fucking pockets. Zippers. Yeah. Pretty sexy, too. Yeah. I like bibs a yeah, lot. So that's my first plug. I'm a big um, bibs guy. I'm a huge, big time bibs guy, and I'm thinking about buying some for fashion. It's just so great to have like a pocket right there, just like so easy to access, so easy to just like quickly put something. Very useful. Any frogs you catch um, can just go right in there in the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little little pocket for a little buddy. <laughs> Little a bird, a squirrel. Yeah, I mean, I wore them a lot in in high school. You know. Wait, you talking? You're talking about jean denim bibs. Denim bibs is what I'm thinking. With one strap hanging. Not one strap hanging. You you buckle them up like you were going to work or something. Yeah, I was never a one strap hanging guy. It was cooler, believe me. Two straps at the same time. That's how I felt. That was unacceptable. Felt like it was cooler. One strap. It just it just flings around. It just. It makes noise. It's dangerous. I I don't do one strap. I I did both. I thought it looked better and cleaner. Pocket doesn't really work. Shit will fall out. Mm -hmm. I'm also actually I'm into both straps down. All the coolest guys I've seen have uh, both of them down under their shirt. It just hangs out from underneath. It looks like you know punk rock like bondage pants shit. Yeah, my boyfriend does that sometimes. (laughs) You got a cool boyfriend. Yeah, no, fucking little crusty raver boy. Um, <laughs> he was a raver boy. Uh, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear you got a cool boyfriend, not one that wear that dresses for a day on the farm. Yeah, I dress like it for a day oh, on yeah. the farm. Um, but yeah, um, uh, the second plug I have besides overalls is uh, I'm doing sex work again. Um. And I'm making some fucking great porn. 
Um, and you can buy it if you DM me on Twitter. Um, it is at Lizzie Lamort, L-I-Z-Z-Y-L-A-M-O-R-T-E. Um, and yeah. Buy it. Yeah, we need, yeah, the world needs more great porn. Um, it's just this big budget stuff is just ruining it. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm hot. I'm trans. Give me money. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. So uh, send money. Yeah. Everybody, come on, Elizabeth's one of the best. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the time, guys. I uh, hope uh, to call back with something more. I don't know, substantial and interesting some other no. time. No, you mean, come on, you added, you added a whole new you added a whole new weapon to our calling off repertoire. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Crisis scenario is the way All to right. go. Crisis scenario is really good, especially if it's uh, and it also once again you don't have to do a voice or anything. You just have to act like Honestly, you could if it would be even better if you were like on drugs all night and stayed up till eight in the morning and then called absolutely drained of energy and like i don't even know what's happening you know my boyfriend's life is falling apart and yeah so we're stuck and i'm in the it's a night i can't be there right now you know yeah. this is a nightmare i don't know i have to sleep for the next 16 hours and i'll be there in the morning <laughs> and then yeah you don't have to you don't have to show up there's no proof there's none of that what are they going to say bring in his do- his doctor's orders or something yeah yeah, nothing. They can't really say anything. I mean, they'll be pissed off at you, maybe. Right. There isn't a reason that you can call in where they're well, not going to be pissed off at you. You know, he can't do it once a month. But this is like, I mean, if it's if you need a last ditch call in, I think that's a great one. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. I had no idea that I was talking. Um. I I have never listened to this podcast. I just want to preface that. But my friend um, Pedro does, and I'm on like a separate call with him. Okay. And um, because he was like, he mentioned that one of you was on Zola, and then now you're on Prozac, and I was like, oh my god, because it's lined up with my medicine switch. <laughs> no, actually, I was on Selexa, and now I'm on Zoloft. I moved to Zoloft. Oh my god. Oh, it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I was. On, I'm on Zoloft uh, only for like a year, though. I haven't been on it for very long. Um, I had. I don't. I forget. Hey, Pedro. <laughs> what's <laughs> What's your experience? What has your experience been? Oh, um, my experience on Zoloft was I. Oh my god, it helped. That's that was good. But oh my god, you. <laughs> Um, I, I think the worst side effects are digestive stuff, definitely, which was not fun. But sometimes, you know, that's just life, huh? Yeah. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my Zoloft, I can't tell what it does for me at all. Like, I still have panic attacks pretty regularly, so I don't know if it really does anything for me. <laughs> Yeah, I, after a bit, I just started having really bad anxiety again, and then I was like, I gotta get off this, or it's gonna be bad. But Prozac, I don't really, <laughs> I can't really tell. You can't really tell if it's working. I'm drowsy all the time. <laughs> Me too, but that's because I'm high all the time too. <laughs> that makes. Uh. <laughs> I had a question. 
What's that? On this podcast, have you ever um, ad- addressed the existence of Street Fighter, the video game? Yeah. I mean, we don't talk about the video game, but we have addressed, we probably have brought it up a few times. We've definitely used their intellectual property to advance the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have definitely used a lot of their stuff. Oh. Although no one has, like, made me look like Zangief or anything. Like, that would be nice if someone would do That's that That's actually for me. something they should do, too. You look like Zangief right now. I'm looking at you. So, they would probably just end up making me look like Dahim that peed his pants. Or, or E-Honda with pee in his pants is would, what they would do to me. It would be awesome if they did, like, a Vega that takes the masks off and it was you underneath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to, uh, I would love to be turned into it. <laughs> do you play a lot of you play Street Fighter? Um, I don't play Street Fighter, but mm. my friend does. And also, he wanted me to say that um, he's the one who drew Brian in the... What was it? The Turd... Oh. Turd 316. Turd 316. Ah. He sent me the Turd 316 shirt? I used that. Drew you. Oh, he drew me in the... Oh, I remember... That's my last tweet, actually. Uh, on my suspend, on my count, they nuked. Thank you for that. Oh my god, was that his fault? <laughs> no, I don't know what happened there, uh, but it's the last post on that account. So, uh, you know, <laughs> where's it at? Yeah, it's the last post. I see it. I see it. Uh, well, thanks for calling in. Thanks for calling in. Tell tell Pedro we said thanks. Yeah, thank you, believe, Pedro. That's crazy that we have a listener that has an administrative assistant that can call for him. I'm gonna. Ha- I, I, I'm, <laughs> gonna I'm gonna have an administrative assistant come in and do the show for me next week. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, somebody else. Like, hey, hey, call them for me. Yeah. Call them and talk to them. That's so funny. Yeah, that's the last post on on the uh, Murder Brian account. Oh, is that is it that picture? Yeah. Of you doing like this or something, yeah. or arms or something? Yeah, that's me. Well, thank you, Pedro, for having your friend call in. Uh, you ready for the next call? Uh, well, or we can take a break. Do you want to take a break? Why did I? Why did I mouth it? Yeah, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll clear out the queue and go home. Yeah, we've got like four people in the queue here, and people uh, like to have their music played on the show. Yes, uh, it'll be a, a two-hour show, so we get a break. That's just the way things are. Uh, thank you for sending it in, whoever you are. Who, this is what's the name? King Jam. It says, "Hey guys, longtime listener here. I just wanted to send you all some music for the show. I got a couple of Street Fighters out here in Jackson, Mix, Michigan. Homie goes by the name King Jam and makes some incredible music and needs some love. I appreciate all you guys do. I'm putting the SoundCloud link to his last uh, last couple tapes." Uh, feel free to holler back at me. So here he is, King Jam. This is Street Fight Radio. If you have music that you make, you can send it to us on our social media channels or email at streetfightradio@gmail.com, and uh, we will get it in there so people can I come hear about here it. Tonight and plead with you. Believe in yourself and believe that you're somebody nobody else can do this for. No document can do this for. But I want to get the language right tonight. 
prophet was already fired. I'm stories been told. I'm walking with the righteous bitch. Don't ever try me, humble man. I fuck up your mindset and have you wishing death on pops of moms. Never even tried them. So now I'm chilling, chilling, cruising while my time's here. It's new king, so staying clear. I stand here. Got knowledge from cosmic forces of truth. Believe I'm a poet, but no, I'm young, younger than you. The motherfucking greatest. <laughs> The most valuable fucking poet on the MIC. Watch me take a couple thrones quick before I leave. Like, fuck it, I can't be touched like a young guy. I said if rap was a game, I'm MVFP. The most valuable fucking poet on the MIC. Watch me take a couple thrones quick before I leave. Like, fuck it, I can't be touched like a young guy. You know my team just building up, so don't you dare try these kings. Also, Egyptian gold, I bleed the gold, but the mitten roots, my royalties. Black cost and piston, watch me change my wings. Stay loyal, please, or machetes cutting down all you old trees. I'm high key, the dopest being in my city. And I ain't afraid to say it. Fuck all you haters. Got no time for games. I'm the motherfucking greatest bitch. Real shit, huh? <laughs> Smoke this till you pill, bitch, huh? And all the greeds, I kill shit so you can go on and tell them where the fuck you heard this king shit from, huh? How you feeling? How you feeling? Ooh, ooh, tell me how you feeling? How you feeling? Ooh, ooh, tell me how you feeling? How you feeling? Ooh. How you feeling? How you feeling? Look, ask me how I'm feeling. Reply, bitch, I'm chillin', chillin'. Oh shit in my swisher. Marley in my system. Bad bitch be my witness, so I run this with no fitness. Still got polo on my britches and no love for these bitches. No damn jam known for killin'. Put it in my reach, that's smoke from Hong Kong. Got a cold brew, you already know what's going on. I'm drinking fast and she's smoking long. Both my stitch, she choking on. If I get it wet and she hop on that king jam, get the kidnin'. Riding through my old hood. It's to keep me focused. I love it when she smoke good. Her perfume so potent. Got me open, trying to hold it in. Nah, wait, bitch, don't fold again. Shut the fuck up, that's what I told a friend. Hit the back alley, hit the roll again, and I roll again, and I blow again. And I know some freaks, and most of them here. You're talking shit while we rolling up. If you holding up, then there's holes in ya. And before I make this million, and before I get the killing, I'ma ask you how you feeling, nigga, how you feeling? Huh? Well, you always off that trip shit, huh? Alright, that was King Jam. You can find him over on SoundCloud at King Jam. That's the name. Look it up. Uh, I'll put the link in the description, too. We are Street Fight Radio, number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to the call-in show. And uh, 
We'll get to you if you're in the queue. If you got, if you want to call in, we've got room. Uh, but this is the normal show we do on Sunday nights, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're going to have some guests and some other stuff coming in the future, but we appreciate all of you that tune in and subscribe on the podcasting platforms. If you want more of what we do, head to patreon.com slash streetfightradio and support the show monetarily. You get access to zines and live streams i've been doing live streams on friday just for the patreon people if you want to hang out with me i'll be there uh that's all happening at patreon.com slash street fight radio we just watched uh undercover boss adt security systems so there's tons of stuff hundreds of video episodes lots of audio lots of zines at streetfightradio.com no patreon.com slash street fight radio oh yeah i said it wrong yeah it's some, some, uh, uh, it's a weird call night tonight. Yeah, it, it, I biffed the, the restream thing because I was video gaming, which I sent it only to Twitch, and I shut off all the other outlets. There we go. Yes. Well, you know, well, next week's the birthday week show. The People Brian can Day. Call in and say, Brian, happy birthday. Happy Brian Day. Happy B-Man Day, where the B-Man gets to celebrate his day. Maybe I'll get one of my new shirts in the mail. Yeah. I don't think so. My hoodie has taken forever to get the StockX for verification. Someday. But my anti-ice uh, Supreme shirt should be here this week. All right. You ready to jump ready. on these calls? Let's take it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hey, boys. It's Jay from Indiana. How y'all doing? Great. How are you, Jay? Uh, doing great. Um, Zoloft gang checking in. Yeah, the old Zoloft boys just having panic attacks, but still taking a pill. Yeah, I'm not having panic attacks unless I don't take my anti-anxiety, but Lord knows the uh, gastric shit on that was uh, a time and a half. Yeah, I I get... I, 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 maybe it's not panic attacks. It's just a lot of anxiety. Like, uh, uh, almost a constant hum of anxiety all the time for me. So, that's something. I'm used to it. It's been going on for years. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, it's fun for me because if I skip the anti-anxiety, I just have, like, the most vivid dreams. And then I have anxiety about those dreams all day. So, that, that's fun but yeah you know i'm getting used to it i'm getting stronger uh for it or something i don't really know i that's what i tell myself yeah 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 i i just i don't even know what i really do i just uh uh i just i get it all in my head all the time it's if something goes wrong it's like a spiral at this point yeah yeah i mean that's fair as hell and uh you know zoloft gang gonna zoloft gang yeah well what's going on tonight well uh the first time i've called in in a really long time but uh me and my boyfriend caught y'all when y'all were in indy and talked for uh a bit with uh brett about like buddhism and a bunch of shit out on the curb on some street in indy and uh, I ended up emailing with Brett a bit, talking about uh, some union shit that was happening at my work. And I, like, never checked in about it and feel like a bit of an asshole. But uh, it's been, like, a really uh, good series of weeks 
for for that stuff. So I wanted to call in and talk about unionizing your fucking workplace. Okay. Have you done that? Yeah. Hell yeah. We had a vote. We unionized. This is like a year and a half ago that this happened. Yeah. And we've just been in contract negotiations since August. Well, how are they going? Is it are are you part of the negotiations or kind of just waiting it out? Um, I'm on the bargaining team, so me and uh three at this point now, but uh four comrades have been writing the contract and it is it's going like it's going well. Making some, some solid gains. Uh I will say talking with my like boomer boss in these meetings has given me it's like smoothed my brain. It's infected them with worms, but I'm trying to stay with it and trying to not go fucking insane listening to all of the just like ridiculous things that you on a day to day basis when these happen. You know, no, no, he often talks to me about how, how he you know, I'm I'm on the left, I think, you know. And uh Hearing y'all talk about the capital shit reminded me like he was hijacking every conversation that me and this manager that I have to talk to at work have to have for work to talk about the capital things and just like process some trauma or whatever. <laughs> so he's like that kind of guy. Yeah. Brett was actually telling me earlier today that one of our friends boss trapped him in a conversation about the uh, uh, about the capital thing. Yeah, and they, I mean, they, yeah. but and, and it's some, it's I, I mean, that's it's there is this weird like Starbucks diversity program type way of thinking that like, that we all need to join hands and get together and have a conversation. But at work, you can get in trouble for saying what you think, and people hold it against you. And there's politics, and it doesn't seem like the place to be talking about that stuff at all because you'll get fucking fired. Yeah, like for real. Um, yeah, like I am not trying to have a conversation with my boss about like how, yeah, just like so many things about that. Like I think everyone, you know, both of you guys and everyone listening can, can probably have some takes that their boss does not want to hear about that whole situation. So you just sit there and bob your head and are like, all right, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like trying to talk to the manager about how like there's some like, graphic material coming through the studio and that like we should like you know let let the people that are doing it working on it know and next thing i know my boss is talking about how he's like crying at the state of america and i'm like i'm crying at the state of my bank account dude (laughs) and every day that we talk about it you you're you're gaslighting me about how it's not that big of a deal (laughs) imagine your boss saying (laughs) <laughs> I have to process this. Just give me a few minutes. Let's sit down. I, I was crying at the state of this nation, this once great nation. And you have to like, be like, yeah, uh, sure. Right. But sad. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what it's like, it's, it's funny. Cause I like, I've just now been thinking about it. One of the, uh, I mean, our, our union's dynamic is really interesting because, like, everyone at our workplace, for the most part, is, like, <clears throat> you know, 20 to 30, and we're all, like, we're all, like, gay socialists, which is fucking tight, honestly. Like, it's, it's really cool to drink with, with all of these people on, like, a Discord chat or something. 
but like all of the union guys from our local are like burly, like burly dudes who are in their 50s. And it works out surprisingly well. But one of the things that the president's like is he's like, you know, sometimes you just listen to them and you shut off your brain so that when they choose to listen to you for 30 seconds, you know, it actually does make a difference. Yeah. And like, God damn him for imparting that in me because, you know, it's infected me with so many mind viruses, but it does work. And, <laughs> you know, those, those, those burly 50 year old country boys sometimes know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and tra- yeah, strategically, you can't always be like blowing up or objecting to things people say. It, it is helpful to, to get along uh, until you have the time to strike. You know, you let, let them inflict their yeah. stupidity upon you and then you will get your opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it really sucks in the moment for sure. But like, sometimes you got to talk about your boss. Sometimes you got to talk to your boss about like him, him crying about like shit that we all knew was going to happen for like the last, I mean, amount of time that anyone was following. And, you know, I got to be clear though. Talk. I thought Trump was going to win. So I did not think this was going to happen. <laughs> you didn't think Trump was going to win after Corona. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Just over the, he said over the past three years and I'm saying, yeah, I just figured Trump would win again. So I didn't think this was going to happen That's because true. I thought they were going to get everything they ever wanted. You know? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's wild that they're throwing a temper. Tan- it's, it's wild that they're doing their temper tantrum is about like, they don't get to have their president again. And they yelled at us for like going out because people are actually getting shot and harassed and beaten up. And, you know, we kept going out and getting beaten up and they're just like, I can't believe that. Like just the slightest hint of resistance. And they're just like, they're completely ready to fall apart. Well, I mean, yeah, there was plenty of people that shared images of, of folks getting dragged out in wheelchairs, you know, fighting for healthcare rights. It, it's, you know, it's not always police, but it is a, it is an actionable thing. It, yeah. there, there are things, there are problems in this world that need to be addressed. And, and they're more than just, I feel bad about the world. <laughs> like there's, there's actual actionable things that we have here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really fucking wild that like the second, that the first, the first hint of resistance they get from the police, which they thought, like, they thought the police were on their side, really. They didn't under, and they are. There are a lot of cops on their side, but like the, 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 the function of the police is not, is not to do, is not to be on any of our side. So, like, they were just surprised to find out, like, wait, they would defend Lindsey Graham over me? And it's like, yeah, that's what the fuck they do. We've been trying to say that for years now. Yeah. So, uh, how, so the negotiations are going okay. What do you do? Do you, like, sit in a room and just sort of argue with people all day? Or I guess you probably have to go to actual work. Yeah. So, um... We work, someone's asking in the feed, uh, we work, me and my boyfriend, as well as like the 40 of us that are union, uh, as well as I guess the people that aren't union, but we don't have to care about them. Um, we work for a company that digitizes archival media. Uh, my boyfriend works in the film lab. Most of the support is in the film lab. I'm a fucking, I, I move shit. I'm a warehouse person Ooh. and uh, I move shit. 
and uh, hurt my knees on a daily basis and not yeah. operate the forklift. Walk That's on the fun job. That's really walk the on fun concrete. Job, uh, we put some rubber mats down for, for you. That'll prevent, you know. Oh, 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 oh! When someone tells you they put down a rubber mat, it's like, well, why did we unionize in the first place? Y'all, yeah. y'all are really thinking about me. That is funny. They did do that at the grocery store when I worked at the grocery store behind the counter. They were like, "No, we we laid these." floor mats down y'all you can stand there all day and all night when it's I, wonderful the warehouse had plenty of stations where you're like left this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna do that yeah we need some floor mats here yeah when i work at the yeah we should have more floor mats we should have some compliant for floor mats we put floor mats work. on the tv uh, uh, on the sound on the set, TV. yeah, yeah, on the set, we just we'll, we'll tell Means TV like, well, you know, we're not going to do this unless you put floor mats down. So, and we're sitting while we do it. <laughs> I need floor mats to put my feet on, <laughs> but they don't do. Do, I mean, do you? Do, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up with you. I don't think the floor mats help at all. You know? No, they don't do shit. Yeah, it's crazy. No, they don't do shit. <laughs> If the if the floor mats help, they would just put the floor mat material on the bottom of the boots that you buy. You would be able to buy floor mat boots. That should be the Vibram. Oh. <laughs> yeah. If that if that actually helped. Yeah. Mats. M-A-T-S. Mats yeah, boots. You just talked about Dr. Schultz. Right. I Dr. Schultz helps, though. Well, no. Let me let me rephrase that, actually. For the listeners that that do work on their feet all day, because I can, I have a little bit of knowledge about being on your feet all day. One good shoes, you got to get good shoes. You can't skimp on the shoes. You can't buy cheap shoes. But secondly, the Doctor Scholl's wedges that you get at—I'm not doing an advertisement, but CVS has a machine that you stand on, <laughs> that, yeah, and it tells you which of the Doctor Scholl's foot things you got to buy. Those work. Those actually work. But like, uh, 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 I don't, I don't think the other Dr. Scholl's that are supposed to like massage your feet all day do anything at all. <laughs> somebody I, in the chat. I had no luck with any foot inserts, so. Really? Somebody, you, somebody in the chat said, are you gelling? I'm gelling like a phallus. <laughs> I'm not gelling anymore. The shoes I bought, however ugly, which by <laughs> the way, I bought these shoes that are supposed to be good for your feet. I said they were ugly. And usually what, here's what I do. I buy these shoes. Mm -hmm. I come to your house. I say, Brett, these shoes are fucking ugly. I hate them. And you go, oh no, those shoes aren't that bad. I brought these shoes I bought over here and you're like, those are fucking ugly. And then a couple days ago, I, I came downstairs in my shoes and Katie was like, God, those shoes are fucking horrible looking. <laughs> Just looks so bad. But I don't need inserts in them. Yeah, that's good. I'm never buying them again. That's it. It's I over. Mean, I'll buy the inserts. <laughs> when it comes to work, you gotta get, you have to go for function over <laughs> anything else. They're bad looking shoes, though. You got to admit, they make my feet look like a a, a sailboat oar. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have a wide toe box, <laughs> like really wide though. Like I might as well be wearing floor mats on my each, one floor mat on each foot. Yeah, they kind of they kind of do look like uh, flippers. Oh, scuba and, diving flippers, plastic looking, just as plastic as can ever look. You know, I don't know why I bought them. You know why I bought them? Because I was like, I want some high tops. Yeah, I decided, like Doctor J. I decided that I need high tops 
when I went to buy the shoes. I made Ankle support is good. Just haven't had high tops since high school. Just haven't bought a mid or a high. You know, I started buying the low shoes in my 20s. And uh, I just was like, you know, I'd probably look pretty good in a pair of high tops. And I buy these high tops and I look terrible. They're the ugliest shoes that anybody's ever owned in the whole world. Wow. And, uh, you know, and that's not hyperbole. If Brett said it and my wife said it, them's some ugly shoes. I'm sorry to cut you off on the union to talk about my awful shoes. Well, yeah. I mean, you should talk about getting no, cool shoes no. for everybody. Make your boss buy cool shoes for you. My, I did. I made my boss buy me steel toes, and it's like a weighted blanket for my feet. That's good. Because really? if I don't wear them, I'm afraid. Good brand? Uh, no, I'm the shittiest. Well, no, not the shittiest, but like, I got some Wolverines. I feel like that's good shoes. Kind of yeah, those are, are good. Fine. They're not steers. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're cheap, but good. Yeah, those aren't bad shoes. I have, uh, you know, the Red Wings are worth getting, but I I do like the idea of wearing a and a wearing a weight on your feet every single day, because once you get into some shoes, you'll fly like a bird. Yeah, your feet get cold in steel toed boots. Yes, I don't that know if people true. know that your feet get cold in steel toed boots. That's true. Yeah, no, you go from the steel toed to the to the fucking tennis shoes. Yeah, you're like ready to run a fucking marathon. You run a lot faster in those, for sure. That's what Michael Jordan did before games. He wore steel-toed boots until the game, and then he put his J's on. And that's how he was able to jump so high. Wow. Yeah, just a something. I'm going to get some high tops. I'm going to get a good-looking pair of high tops soon, though. But uh, uh, So we, we keep stopping the union talk. I know. Right. And we're, we're supposed to help with the union. Yep. Not get... The, not have the guy call in about the union and then get him to talk about shoes. Man, we like shoes, though. We do like shoes. We big shoes. <laughs> I, I probably talk about shoes more than unions in my personal life, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I fucking wish I could say the same thing. Dude. <laughs> How long do you think this is going to take? You said you've been in talk since August. Yeah, yeah. How long does this um, take? I, mean, like, I, mean, I guess so sometimes We've like you know we've talked and reached out to a lot of different folks. Um, like sometimes union negotiations go fast as hell because your boss just gets a lawyer to do all of it. Sometimes your boss is like, I want to do meetings for one hour for every two weeks, yeah, and doesn't do any work of his own for it. Like he has yet to advance any proposals. We do all the work, which is you know, accurate to my experience as a working person. <laughs> um, but, but, <laughs> but like at some point, it's a, it's a, go ahead. No, no, it's just, it's like this weird balance of advancing your own agenda and like somehow, uh, coddling a grown man who's, you know, two and a half times your age is ego, you know? Yeah, that that sucks that like even, you know, you can't get out of that even when you when you start organizing. Uh but I mean, is there any sort of recourse you have if they drag it on for too long? I do I'm not surprised to hear it's taken this long because I have like heard 
tangentially and through talking to people like you uh, it, at, on a patio at a bar after a show that it can take a very long time. And a lot of people get fired or lose their job before it even ever becomes unionized. Uh, but is there some yeah. sort of recourse you have if they take too long to get this thing established? So there's not really, as far as I know, any recourse for if they're taking too long, provided there is still movement. If we were, you know, sending proposals, trying to work with them, and there was still no budging and they were still dragging it out and all, all, all that shit, you know, there could be some recourse, but that's a matter of contacting the NLRB who frankly, more often than not, rule on the side of management rather than the union. So you kind of don't, you, you want to create a situation where that doesn't necessarily happen. Right. Which sometimes just means accepting that it's going to take from fucking August of 2020 to God willing sometime soon uh, now, which we're, we're getting really close and I'm feeling really good about it. Like, I think like this last meeting that we had, which is this past Thursday, was the first one that felt really good because um, we're like, we're so fucking close. Um, and it feels great. And I mean, my boyfriend can attest the amount of celebratory drinking I've been doing rather <laughs> than the just like sipping on defeat juice. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it like, uh, uh, so So basically the, the thing that your boss is like, you do all the work and then come in and read me what you've got, and then I'll tell you what I think about it. And it's also meter. It's also laid 100%. out between it, it, when when the meeting thing. You know, meetings just kill any progress because it allows for an hour of chit chat and talking, and then you're like, "All right, well, we're done. We we have to wait seven more days before we meet again." And it just really, it's always kicking the can down the road when you get into a meeting lifestyle. Yeah. Do you think that he's yeah. he's dragging it out because he doesn't want to do it? I think that that <laughs> I'm trying to uh, trying to think here how the best way to phrase this is because I've definitely if if anyone knew what to look for, uh, they would know the right <laughs> they they could put together what workplace I'm talking about if there are any other ah. Hoosiers in the. Uh, you know, you know, uh, I, I think it's mostly just a matter of I think the guy is really unfamiliar with the process and I don't think that they ever expected it to happen. And I think that they still are surprised that it happened because the workplace before the union was there were there were some things about it that were really cool. But the fact of the matter is we had people like me and, you know, tons of other folks that were working 40 hours a week, getting underpaid, not getting any fucking benefits, getting screwed over by a lack of communication between workers and a lack of communication from management. And I think that that environment of no one talking to management because no one had an ability to led him to believe that there was like this could never happen. Right. Never even have thought about it. So I think it's a matter of unfamiliarity. You know, he's he's just confused that it even happened in the first place, because in his mind, he's like, well, like I had a workplace where people could show up 30 minutes late and it would be fine and they wouldn't get fired for that. And it's like, yeah, that was dope. But like showing up 30 minutes late is nice. That's a perk, I guess, if I want to. But that's not really what I do anyway. 
I'm out here trying to fucking make sure me and my partner can pay the bills. You know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I think it's and you want. Sorry, I mean, that's a really long winded way to answer that. No, I, no, but it, that makes sense. I mean, the, you're you're dealing with somebody that's that's being their own counsel, and before this, mm-hmm. they were like, "Well, nobody ever complains to me, so I guess I'm the kick ass boss that runs a great workplace." You know, if if right, and and when you have people in precarious situations, or you know, a lot of a lot of workplaces are disorganized, and they can just run through people that you know every six months or temp workers, and you maybe have one or two old dogs in the place. But what you're trying to do is establish mm-hmm. a workforce that knows that that are professionals and that know the workflow and that can do it week after week and are paid, you know, accordingly for what they do, instead of it having be this like this in the air situation where you don't know if you'll piss the boss off or not. If you ask for an extra, an extra uh, holiday or something. Yeah, no, 100%. So, you know, we're, we're getting close. Knock on wood. Um, it, it feels good for it to be in a more positive place. I mean, it's funny. Like I was calling in uh, a lot more like a long time ago, like you know, maybe called in like three or four times. And like the first time I ever did, I was drunk as shit on malt liquor and, you know, uh, Evan Williams and was talking about how like me and my coworker just hung out and talked a bunch of rad shit. And like, that's how I got looped into the thing. So like, it's dope knowing that we're making material gains and it's like, it's really fucking cool going to work and knowing you've got like 40 comrades backing your ass yeah. up. Uh, unionizing your workplace is really cool. And like, uh, Brian, like you talking to, uh, Ray Belden about unionizing anchor steam was actually like, like anytime anyone asked me for like anything in that, I was just like, I don't know what did fucking Ray Belden and Brian talk about. Like that spreadsheet <laughs> idea. That sounds like a good idea. Like I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but I listen to these stupid fucking fun podcasts. So, you know, <laughs> It yeah, was pretty, it was fucking I think the embrace are going to do something soon, like pretty soon. So, I mean, oh hell yeah! It's so much of this organization stuff is, and it, it comes down to when you're trying, if you're trying to start a new business on, endeavor, if you're trying to start a new hobby, whatever you may want to do. There's this overthinking process and there's this like hesitation to do things because you're like, it has to be the right way or it has to be this or that when it really is a matter of will. It's a matter of just like rushing into the situation. You have to jump out of the plane and then find a parachute on the way down. Uh, th- there isn't going to be a lot of like guaranteeing that this is going to be easy or fun or a guaranteed win. You just have to wade into these tumultuous waters and come out a different, better person on the end because you're going to live without regrets so but but it is a it's a very weird it's a very weird area of mystery in life that is hard to sign up for and 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 say this is what i want to happen i want to go into this very uh, uncertain world uh where i'm advocating for myself and and the rest of us and see what happens i'd rather do that than sign up for the same miserable experience every single day oh yeah no i mean like I feel like the experience of a lot of us, but not as many of us, and like our fucking parents and grandparents was like work being some sort of like abject misery. And especially for older folks, just like always being afraid of like starving to death or like dying of cholera. And luckily, 
you know, we don't have to worry as much about some of that, though the pandemic's brought a lot of that back. But it's like the 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 experience of a lot of people my age and people close to my age is just like, yeah, that crushing boredom and nothing ever being able to get fucking better, you know? Yeah, So absolutely. Sometimes you can make it at least a little better. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear. It. And thanks for giving us an update. I really appreciate it. I'd, I'd love to, to hear from you again to to know what happens next. Yeah, yeah. Once yeah. the contract gets ratified, um, which like it's got to go through a lawyer first, and then we've got to do a vote on it. Like once that gets ratified, I'd love to call in again. And, yeah, just like talk about me and my coworkers making more fucking money because it sucks, but you gotta you gotta get that fucking money sometime. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what we're here for. Get it? <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, thanks for calling. My radio getting that money. Yeah, get yeah, that yeah. money. Don't take care now. Uh, you too. Peace, you too. Get money and spend it irresponsibly. Street yeah. Fight Radio. Spend it before you got it. Yeah. And I love doing that. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Street Fight Dad. Yeah, Street Fight Dad gets money and spends it immediately. Oh, look. I like the, the, Street Fight Dad has a certain amount of money in the bank, and he has a number that he's comfortable with. And he spends money recklessly until he gets to that number. And then he has a meltdown about it. <laughs> That's Street Fight Dad. Yeah. I'm guilty of that, too. That's the, but everybody's guilty. You're, you'll be like... And, and, and the measure of your success financially, if you're a Street Fight Dad, is ha- that number growing. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a period the wasteful where wasteful money like, number? Yeah, because so there was a period where I was like, as long as I got a hundred bucks in the bank, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah, I'm spending money like crazy. Then two hundred, then three hundred, then four hundred. I think I'm around five hundred right now. Before I start going like, Yeesh, yeah, pull back, baby. But now is also with like the taxes and stuff. They will just send a letter in the mail that's like you owe four hundred dollars right now, and it's like, oh, I didn't know that though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I paid my tax. I that that's a really funny story. Like I paid my taxes back in November, and uh, last Tuesday, Katie texted me. And was like, hey, we got a tax bill in the mail. It says you owed what I owed, which was not a small amount of money for me. And uh, I was like, really? And then had a panic attack for the whole rest of my walk home. And I got home and I opened it. And the letter had been sent two days before I paid it back in November. Before or after? At, before I paid it. Really? It was like two days. Yeah, they sent it like November 28th, and I paid it on November 26th. All right. So I was like, that scared the shit out of me, though, because I was like, I don't, I don't, I paid it. Right. (laughs) I thought I accidentally boomered myself and went to some fucking site that wasn't like connected to the IRS. Uh, You went to IRS.com. Yeah, (laughs) I did think I did that. I did. I was freaked. I, I ended up going and checking, though, and, and I did it. I did it right. All right. Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello? Kansas City. How are you guys? Great. Who? How are you? Who is this? Shane. Shane. What's Shane up? Shane from KC. Best smelling city in America. It is. It yeah, is. Hey, sorry. Uh, uh, yes, excellent. Thank you. Uh, 
Wow. Uh, medium time, first time, I guess. Casual listener. Uh, but well, you guys are a pillar of the community for sure. Oh, thank you. I like hearing that. They um, they say the opposite here in Columbus. You do have you have more time than the the person with the least amount of time this call in show to as well, which was zero. Yeah, we, we had, had somebody that's zero. never heard the show call <laughs> earlier today. So and they didn't. They weren't trying to do a slur either. No, no. That yeah, they weren't doing a racial <laughs> slur either. They were just calling for a, a hell of a time. Well, let me let me uh, let me. Uh, uh, compliment all the callers earlier because I did hear a few of them, and uh, you know I, I could. They led me into, you know, I, I could go a lot of directions with it. But a few weeks ago, you had you you guys spoofed the uh, Sedaris lifeguard uh, story, and that's I, I've been meaning to call a number of times. That was one of them. Oh, this is the first night I called serendipitously. Yeah. So. I could tell you I was a lifeguard for 12 years. I, I, I could tell you about the experiences of that, uh, the working class story we want to hear tonight. Yeah. I actually would be. We've never had a lifeguard call. Yeah. And people don't understand that lifeguards got to do their laundry for their parents. That's part of the job. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the duty of being a lifeguard is you got to take care of your parents' laundry. No, they did it at their parents'. <laughs> Oh, at their yeah. parents. <laughs> yeah, which is also, I, from what I've heard about what lifeguards make. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it, no, it, it, it's interesting because I was a, I started as a city, a city job and then, uh, my teens and then, uh, I worked at the Y. Uh, it was actually almost livable. I, I did support myself both in my like, you know, middling college years and then I got a degree and I was like, Hey guys, uh, at the wild, like, hey, I have a degree. Maybe I should get a little more money. And they were like, well, it doesn't really mean a lot to us. They didn't say that, you know, per se, but I, I, I you know, ingested that. I said, okay, fine, I'll step away. I eventually came back after I, like, I took a different why, you know, when I was down my luck and needed some, you know, needed to get a job. And, you know, the, so the lifeguard, like, history helped me a little bit, like, to maintain that, like, wage position and then at the at the certain ymca that i had the second time like you know i was elevated enough to oh you you taught swim lessons you can be the the, the coach of the of the team i mean and, and all the things that were, were were being talked about tonight by the callers about uh you know the the team camaraderie etc i mean i have a i have a salary position now at uh teaching middle school, I don't have the same camaraderie that I had when I was, uh, you know, being a lifeguard in the, you know, in the, in the pool room, you know, at, at the same, essentially the same like era of life. Like I, you know, just because I had the degree, I was lucky enough to, you know, to step stone into a, a salary position. Like, but I, I, I've been in both and it's not really fair how one like confers a certain amount of, uh, you know, money or, or, or even dare I say that the, the, the PMC word, <laughs> I mean, and I get the benefits of the, of the teaching job, but like, I mean, I, you know, if I like raise my voice and like risk, uh, stepping out and like losing that position, you know, that was, that was mentioned by a call earlier. Like there's, there's so much on that side of it versus when I was the lifeguard at the, at the pool, 
like, sure, I wasn't getting benefits. I wasn't getting like maybe like 12 an hour. Uh, and there was a lot of things that went with that, but like I was on a team and like that, that job would almost be livable if it wasn't for the fact that like, no, you can never move past this wage. Yeah. Um, because we're a nonprofit and we're, we're going to keep, you know, our, our profits going for our, cause I mean, you know, what, what the, the middling managers of each of those wives are making, you know, one to two to three K a year, et cetera. I mean, like, you know, if they paid a living wage for these lifeguards, $20, if I was making $20 an hour in 2010, being a lifeguard, I wouldn't have been, felt like I needed to like become part of the PMC or be, get the, secure the, the, the contract job that I'm now struggling with because I, you know, have an attitude or whatever. Uh, we all need the, the healthcare. Cause God, I had fucking Obamacare in that 2010 and it cost me, you know, my whole tax write off. So when taxes came around, I paid the, you know, where I thought it was going to be a refund. So like if, if, if that position that is just as needed in the community, like the lifeguard, this why or whatever, what some other community center it doesn't have to be this nonprofit, right? Like you guys are all about it. Like but I wanted to, to share a little bit of my experiences there. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah, it just doesn't. I agree. Have to, I mean, workable job. I mean, like my kid will not listen to me about anything. No kid will listen to their parents on on shit. So you have to go to some other authority figure that knows about swimming and stuff. And all of a sudden, they perk up and they're model students and they want to be teachers' yeah. pets. And uh, yeah, that that is a place yeah. that needs to be occupied. I mean, all parents. You have to make your kids swim. It's the scariest thing in the world is having a child and knowing that there's bodies of water out there because it will suck them right up. And and uh, I think that it is an important part of our community. And without the pressure for people to like get a tie, somebody could just be the best person at teaching kids how to swim. There's going to be new kids every single year that need to swim. And we don't have to pressure them to do something more with their life because they're doing enough. Yeah. I mean, I was the same way when I worked as a yeah. dishwasher. Yeah. I was like, I'll do this for the rest of my fucking life. I loved it. It was like my favorite job ever. And or the pizza shop. Those are two jobs I, I, where I loved them, but I had to get out. But but lifeguard yeah, no, should exactly, almost be exactly. I mean, and lifeguard should be almost like a a public job where you make you should make a lot of money. Being a lifeguard, it should be like a one hundred thousand dollar a year job, sort of thing. I think. Can I, can I tell you? Can I tell you the, the the coaching, the coaching, the swim team? That was a low. It was it was like it was fun. It was like fun league. You guys would love it. I mean, I'm sure you have it where you're at and whatever or your, your kids have been in. You know, like this league was just fun. I I it, it there were like five kids on swim, quote unquote. I'm using the quotes here on team. And then when I, when I was for the two years that I taught it, it grew to like 18 people. And then we were one of the small city wise. So you go out to the suburban wise, you compete with them. They have like a hundred people on their team. Like it was all fun. No one cared. It was super fun. That's it. Like I got a lot of my formative experiences, probably the most formative experiences, honestly, some of the most of my life, like being with these kids, like, you know, but it was like also like an hour and a half on a Saturday. So I'm getting, okay, you get $11 an hour and you can come in, wake up on Saturday morning and go in there and get, make an hour and a half. 
and then like win for a half hour and for, for on the clock. Okay, I made like 20 bucks by like like giving my all for 20, 22 kids and like having a great time with it. But you know, honestly, I feel bad quitting and not doing that. It was five years ago, I, I kind of missed it. But again, like you got a job, the community thing is right. Yeah, yeah, they they really do sort of uh, uh, discourage you from from. Unless you're a teacher, and even then, they they complain about the teachers, but they do discourage you from doing by by giving you hours and and all of these different responsibilities that you have from from doing things like that. That that maybe you don't make any money doing it, but it it's a it's a community service thing. You're meeting people, you're hanging out with people, and people, you know, you're teaching people something. Yeah, I won't believe the point. You guys already get it. I'll uh, I'll I'll give it to the next caller. Uh, but uh, thank you for letting me tell a little bit of my story. I I mean I I you know when you made fun of the Sedaris story, like I I trust me. I was like, yeah, that guy doesn't quite get it because uh, I mean I used to work the five a.m. shifts, and that's where I like, when I was twenty years old in college, like paying my way, having my first apartment in college, and working the five a.m. shifts feeling awesome, like drinking a bunch of coffee, going in, listening to BBC beforehand. Then like, I mean, I wish I knew podcasts then. That's all. You know? Oh, yeah. I would have been a leftist far earlier. <laughs> Although I did read, I did read Lennon in the State a little bit while I was uh, doing those early shifts. But I'll let it go for the well, night. Can I ask, I'm sorry, I just want to ask one last question though. What do you think, what do you think the, what do you think the situation was with the laundry? Do you think that he didn't check when Open Swim was shutting down, or do you think, in, in that person was just like, I don't have any time for excuses. I have to get the fuck out of work. Or do you think it was totally fabricated? That was fabricated. If I if I can if I can uh, give one more piece, uh, if I if all the laundry memories I have of being a lifeguard, uh, and this, this is totally appropriate, by the way, this is, this is completely like consensual and, 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 and age, you know, other lifeguards, et cetera. No, it, it, oh, moms, honestly, moms, moms. Uh, yes, there was some laundry involved, uh, with, with, uh, you know, yes, as a college lifeguard, the why, uh, moms of, of, of kids that I was, uh, teaching lessons to, et cetera. I won't, I won't be the point. Oh, okay. Tight. <laughs> That's a better story. That's nice. more salacious than it's Well, thanks for calling in. Thanks, guys. Have a good Peace. night. Uh, we done? No, we got we got a few more. Ah, thought I was going home early tonight. You're not. You have to work the full shift. You you work well, yourself into a that. shoot. I don't know about that. Thanks for calling yeah. Street Fight. Who are we talking to hey. tonight? Hey. Uh, hey. Uh, Big Tim from Orlando. What's up, Big? Wait, Big is this Big Tim? The Big Tim? Yeah, Big Tim Murphy. Big Tim Murphy. Yeah. I know Big Tim Murphy. I did his podcast. You did. You did my uh, my old one. I've now radicalized all the way. But uh, y'all were looking for some stepdad content, right? I would uh, love to hear some stepdad content. I mean, the butt rock, the butt rock show we've been doing. I, and I, and I forgot to share this on the episode that I did. But I told Brian today that there's a family member of mine. That when he turned it, when he was a teen, he listened to Butt Rock exclusively, and he did it to the point where he be, just became a stepdad eventually. And I don't, I, 
it's a thankless job. It's a hard job, but it's also a very easy job to fuck up and get away with doing a bad job. And he kind of walked his way into one of those stepdad stepdad positions. I just want to also say, yeah, no disrespect to stepdads, but they're hilarious. It's an impossible position. So my, it is, and, and my stepdad, uh, you know, at the time. So I'm going to paint y'all a little picture. It's a December uh, 2004. We're at an Olive Garden. It's uh, my southern grandma's birthday, right? Uh, it's the last one that she's going to be alive for. And uh, my stepdad has went to the bar, and Hurricane Charlie came, and we were roofers, so we were flush with cash. And he drank too much tequila, and he got kicked out. <laughs> of an olive garden. garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I great. I had to carry him out over my shoulder. Uh, <laughs> because fun fact about my stepdad, I, I'm six foot two. At the time, I was six foot two, 328 pounds playing football. And my stepdad was five foot six, maybe 110 pounds. <laughs> He's right? a tackling He's dummy. Kicking and screaming like a little kid. Um, and oh man, my grandma was mad. Um, <laughs> how did he we got wait did he so he showed up half in the bag right he showed up he showed up that way did he keep drinking in the restaurant until it, it fell apart or did it was it never going to happen well yeah so, well, I mean, it, roofers don't there's no sober roof no um, <laughs> i agree and, and we and i grew up doing roofing with him and i you know he was a roofer hardcore that's why he had like the v-cut the angelo style groove like abs Oh, because he only drank beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the only calories. Beer, just bush, empty calories. Oh my god! Tim, big Tim. I was a roofer, and the guy that I roofed with only drank bush beer. Only. It's the, it's the cheapest per alcohol that doesn't taste like absolute trash. Yeah, he would drink. Uh, he would get a cube. Time, go ahead. He would get a cube of bush beer every night after work, and. You know, he was a real marathon guy. He would uh, not go to bed till it was gone. <laughs> he had 24 beers, yeah, they, man. Uh, part of the pay for the guys that worked for, like, my mom's, like, weird indentured servant lived with us, roofing crew, was uh, at least one 12-pack of Bush a night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Split between them. Yeah, no they, what, which it, it Bush it was seven dollars and thirty nine cents at the Circle K. Yeah, I remember it was six ninety nine, and uh, all my friends. This guy was so like this. This guy was like pure roofer, like dude, the right? Life. Yeah, yeah, he lived a life, oh. and he got every one of my friends drank Bush beer. Like, because he had Bush beer, and he'd be like, oh, you can go ahead and have one, you know? I don't care. When we were teenagers. So we would just go hang out in his garage and smoke really bad pinner joints and drink bush beer all night. Oh, God, yeah. The pinner joints. They love the pinner joints. Um, <laughs> smoke a whole one. I used to have to drive. I used to have to drive to school with the, the roof on my car um, because my mom didn't want them to get down off the roof. Uh, before they were done, so in high school I had a roof on the, uh, the you know, uh, a ladder on the roof of my Cadillac. Oh, with oh, the ladder, yeah. yeah no, she, she would strand. You mean they, they would be stranded on the roof until they got done? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd get down, and one of them would go to the store, and they would buy beer, and they would get drinking, and the homeowners didn't like it. But we were unlicensed contractors anyway, so it really didn't matter. But uh, this reminds me of my job. 
I worked at a. He was half in the bag with shots of tequila. Sorry, I just got to get the. Just he was doing shots of tequila uh, at the bar at the Olive Garden, and it was the outdoor bar, and they banned us. Uh, like they. <laughs> Your name is in the book. You're no longer family here at Olive Garden. <laughs> I, my fucking my grandma would have killed him if she had the strength. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. It's so um, funny. It's I, so funny that the stories you're telling, I, I promise you that like, they are so, uh, resonating with me because of oh. the four months I did roofing. I went, I worked at, <laughs> I worked at a more, uh, what's the word? I worked at a more uh, uh, corporate well, roofing they, company. They actually had an LLC and filed taxes. Yeah, it was licensed and it was more corporate, sort of, not really. And the only reason I only worked there for four months, I'd probably still be a roofer if they didn't. I hated it so much. It was such hard work. And they called me one day and they were like, hey, Brian, you want to be laid off? And I was like, yep. <laughs> they said, you can collect unemployment. And I was like, yeah, I, I would like that a lot. So they laid me off and then I, uh, uh, it was the best time of my life. I, uh, I did four years total uh, doing whatever I was told, but I mostly, because uh, I was so big, like when we do torch down roofs, my stepdad wasn't big enough to stop the wind from getting the, the tar paper, so he'd have to melt the torch at me, and he kept <laughs> melting me to the roof. Uh, <laughs> You're in Florida, too. Mom, she, That's a brutal uh, fucking job. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Florida man and Ohio man are brothers anyway, so th this all sounds sounds very comfortable to me. But also, there's also... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's that moment in your relationship with, like, whoever your dad or stepdad is, there's that moment where it's like, all right, this guy can still beat my ass, this guy can still beat my ass, oh my god, I can't... But then you're like, ah, oh, he's slow now. He's slow. He's lost it, and it's over. <laughs> But being a teen and carrying your dad out of a place is something I've unfortunately never got to experience. It, well, I, my nickname for him was Little Man because when I met him, he was already smaller than me. He came into my life when I was like 13, uh -huh. but I was already like five foot ten. And he didn't mind the Little Man nickname, but I was already taller than him when I met him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my mom used to lie and say she was related to the people we pulled permits for. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, she'd go down because this is before my mom was slicker than shit. Uh, every bit of slickness I had, she had, but was evil. She would convince the people at like the county clerk office, like that she was the aunt or the sister or whatever of the homeowner. Oh, pull permit. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It, yeah. I mean, it all came crashing down after Hurricane Charlie when she bit off too much she could chew and she started taking deposits and, like, uh, she ended up getting arrested uh, for 45 felony counts. Uh, it was a whole thing. Uh, yeah, sounds like <laughs> it. It sounds like a ball of mess. <laughs> it's like 40 different things. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Uh, it's the whole thing. But, yeah, we, uh, man, I did a lot of roofing. Uh more than I'd ever, I don't ever want, I'm never going to do it again. Me neither. I would, I, I, if I had to go back to real job, I would probably go back to, I'd probably go to restaurant. 
I think would probably be I would just make my living in the food industry because I like restaurants and I like the people that work at restaurants. But like uh, the roofing, I mean, I'll tell you this, Big Tim. I got the job and then the foreman that I had uh, volunteered to go travel because they gave you $20 a day for food. Yeah. So they would give you 20 bucks a day for food. And he thought, well, now I'm making more money. Right. Bologna's a dollar. A, a loaf of bread's a dollar. Well, no, he just a pack eat. of cheese is a dollar. That's enough to eat. He didn't save the money. Oh, he, he didn't. He used it for beer, and oh. he would buy like cheap food so that he could just. Yeah, he he, buy gas station yeah, and it was a good night. It was like you know, it's like I'm not home with my wife and kids. I I I can just drink beer without anybody yelling at me. <laughs> I can fight my coworkers, <laughs> put them in a headlock if I, he if, did. I if I feel he, rowdy. He did one oh. night. One night, yeah, that's what happened. One night, one night I was asleep and somebody comes knocking on my door in a fucking hotel. They fucking got us adjoining rooms Uh, and I did not want that. He asked for it because he thought it would be neat. Like we would be throwing parties. Yeah. Like let's keep, we'll keep that door open all night. Just let all the passerbys go through. Yeah. That's how he was. He was like, we're going to have. We're going to get an adjoining room with the door and then we can party all night and hang out. And I was like, but I don't like want to do that. I, I, you know, I want to watch TV and maybe like read something or, or like, I'm trying to have a Brian day, get stoned. You know what I mean? But like, he was my, cause he's also my boss, yep. which he didn't care. I got high. He yeah, got high too. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, he he's no to the boss. Yeah, so more disappointed in you that you're not cool. Yeah, so what he did was one night they started banging on the door, and I was like, "What's going on?" And two, three guys were sharing one room, and then me and another guy. I had makes sense. Yeah, two beds and two guys in my room, but the other room had two beds, three guys. We used to stay in one room always, but we were four. So like one time we did the astronaut village in or whatever. Like we did this roof. Four hours away, we were eight to a room, and I slept in the bathtub. But we ended up getting kicked out that night when the baby died next door. So yeah, uh, sorry to catch you off, brother. They get kicked out. That we almost got kicked out because Raj said something to Jim about the way we were doing the roof. Okay, Jim's the boss. Raj is his right hand man, and they got into a conversation about like the roofing part right. of it. Now we're we're it's a test of expertise. Yes, and they were drunk. Are they doing like difference between three tab and architectural, and like they're getting mad about the different shingles, and they're like, "Oh, which Cornings makes the best?" Yeah, it was like, "Why, you know, you'd rather do a rubber roof, really, than than a pitch or like whatever it was." They were looking. I know that they were looking at the blueprints and arguing about how some kind of roof. Nail length or, yeah. Yeah, some stupid. weird shit like that. And then it escalated to uh, 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 Raj running down the street in the middle of the night, uh, a 55-mile-an-hour road. Just he's, he's like, I'm going home, which home was two hours away. But he was, <laughs> he's going home, and Jim, drunk as piss, driving behind him in the company van going, get in the car, Raj. 
get in the car, Raj. <laughs> and we had to fucking wrangle those two. The boss and the foreman and his right hand man. We had to the, the other three of us had to go wrangle them right. and get them and Convince then say, them. Go Just... go to bed. Go lay down in bed. And then the next day, these motherfuckers that were up all night drinking. And, and fighting. fucking fighting and everything. Chasing each other down the road. Up at fucking... And we had to leave at 6 in the morning. Nobody even knew when... You gotta, you gotta get out there before the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even fucking knew that what... We could have gone in at noon. Yeah. We could have gone in at any time because they're so far away. We just gotta do the time. These motherfuckers every day were like up at six in the morning. Hey, what's going on, Brian? How's it going? You know, you sleep good last night? It's like, no! I was chasing you down the street. <laughs> my, my uncle Mike Peach would drink... He could drink a case of beer in one sitting, right? And he'd wake up the next morning and I'm like, how are you not just wiped out? You're like 55 years old and you're still roofing. Suntan, like just, just leather skin, leather skin you know? Yeah. And oh, it, he, yeah, he, he looked like, yeah, he looked like a fruit roll-up. Yeah. <laughs> fruit wrinkle. He's he an interesting guy. Nothing bothers them. Uh, Nothing. Not, none of the heat or the cold. I was doing it in the dead of winter was when I was doing it. And they were like, you think this is bad in the summertime? No problem. Huh? Oh yeah, that's true. In Florida, you don't have to deal with that. I was, I was doing it when it was ten degrees, and this guy was just he. No, I don't fucking he. No interest in going. Any like going in late. You know, I didn't. I didn't notice. Day. Only problem I have today is your fucking mouth. Yeah, yeah. It, it was wild. Did y'all count? Uh, did y'all count uh, ULs? How'd you get paid? Did you get paid for the hour or by shingle or by the bundle or? Oh no, we didn't do shingles. We did uh, industrial roofing, so we oh, just got paid by the oh, hour. Like oh, wow! I made. Yeah, got, they got paid by the square. Oh, jeez! Wow! Whole family, we get paid, you get paid by the square, so you got to and you got to count the. Uh, I would get paid sometimes. I had my uncle guts. He uh, he buy these cookies. He shared the bedroom with me, right? But uh, he get cookies on Fridays. As long as I had made sure he got the ULs, which is the underwriter's laboratory sticker on the bundles of shingles, there's only one per pack. So that's how they count the shingles. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Mexicans do the same thing. Well. You get paid by square, you know, three square, you know, three bundles to a square, and, you know, or unless you're using four tab and they, uh, <laughs> Piecework. Yeah, I hate piecework. I hate the idea of it. I know you make more, but I like the uh, well, regular-ass money. You only make more if you remember to make sure to get the little plastic piece off of the packaging. That's true. Uh, and if you don't have the pack, and then if you lose it, they won't they won't pay you. The, you know the eight bucks a square, or twelve bucks a square. You know they won't pay you for that bundle. And you know, yeah, it's. Ugh. Yeah, every job I've had, the people before me that came in before me have said. That they did when they did piecework, they got paid a lot more, and oh, hourly ruins everything. So, uh, uh, that was the same at the cable company. It, it, you really, it, you you can make a lot. I like my cousin Polly could lay he he could lay twenty eight squares in a day, right? And that that's basically a roof. You know, he could basically do a roof by himself uh, if someone else was tearing it off, right? He could put it back down, and he'd make you know. A thousand dollars. Oh, see, maybe I'll go back into roofing then. Maybe that's what I'll do. 
But at the same time, no benefits. If it rains, you don't get paid. Uh, it doesn't, you know, like in Florida, man, it can rain. You just can't get it done. Yeah. You can't take the roof off when it's raining. You got, yeah. <laughs> you got a referee fights too. That's yeah, you not, do that's referee. including in the pay. Oh, I had to referee so many fights about nail guns. Oh my God. It is. It's so, it's so funny. How mad they get. How mad those guys I worked with got. Like, it's just, it would just be hopping mad. They were like Yosemite Sam. It would be one minute, everybody's, you know, having a good time. The next minute, somebody's pouting over in the corner and yelling just mean stuff to another guy. It's constant insult. Yeah. I just remember so many times being on the roof and Raj, Jim's lead, would just be sitting down, cross-legged, with his arms crossed, just going like, I'm going to fucking quit. I'm quitting. And then Jim having to be like, come on, Raj, I was just fucking around. Don't quit. You know, we're we're a great team. You got something here, man. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that. But there was a lot of it was really just like they cut very deep. Yeah. In in a way that was like very personal. Oh my God. Yeah. I I miss I miss like one time I I guess I I had like a stain on my shirt or something and I was like, I wanted him to lie to me. And like, would you rather not lie? And they started calling me Sweet Little Eyes because I I misquoted the song (laughs) for a year and a half. Like, six grown men that I used to have to drive to work before I went to school would just belittle me the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you stronger. It made me a fantastic comedian. Yeah. I I can do any roast battle. I can do any roast battle. Yeah. Literally every insult you can imagine about me. (laughs) Um, But. I'm going to quit monopolizing y'all's time. Uh, wonderful to talk to y'all boys again. Uh, you know. Thanks, Big Tim. It's good to <laughs> Thanks, hear from you. Thanks, million. You're a real gem. Yeah, you're great. We got so much in common. We got to get down and hang out in Florida. I know. We could have been there. Oh, man. I'm telling you. I, I, you know, I was, I, it's funny. I talked about you on the podcast. I was scared I scared y'all talking about Tuttle. <laughs> no, no. I'll talk about Tuttle all day. But, uh. No, I was trying to push Tuttle coming on your show. But either way, friend. Um. No, you didn't scare me off. For sure. You didn't scare me off. Thanks for calling. Thank God. (laughs) Thanks for for having me, gentlemen. Yeah, call back anytime. That's so funny, the roofing stories. Somebody in the chat posted something crazy, which I'm going to have to explain to other people. Bo Problemo, good username, uh, said that they smoked a dab with a roofer. And so with dabs... Back in the day, there was this titanium nail that it was a piece of metal that you had to get red hot. And then you would drop dabs, weed material on top of it. Now, with most bongs that people smoke, you light the bong, you light the weed on fire, and then you pull it out. They said, I once watched a roofer pull a red hot titanium nail to clear a dab like it was a slide. (laughs) And it didn't face him. I know. I'm telling you, man. Their skin, though. Their skin is, yeah. Thick. The thickest skin. The Yeah. It is it is truly... I'm serious when I say... When you're talking about manual labor jobs, it's the worst job I ever had. It is the hardest work I ever did. Like, you just gotta be miserable. I mean, you have to be comfortable going through hell. I mean, you if you grew up going through hell... 
then it will make sense. Roofing will make sense. It's better than like the beatings that have been laid upon you probably, you know? Yeah. I just, I can't, I, I, I just was like roofing in the winter in Columbus, Ohio, industrial roofing. So it's not like I'm up on a house. I'm up on a tall building right. where it's windier. And it was just like the whole time I was like, how do you got, how have you been doing this for 25 years? With grocery store equipment too. Yeah. Like at this advanced age of my life, I have I have like boots that are rated to negative thirty degrees. Yeah. But the people doing roofing do not have those my boots. Goodness. The people who have like if you do roofing, you'll never make enough money to have the the type of gear to protect you from the elements. I wore Skechers on the roof for Ugh. boots. Ugh. Stop. Freezing. It. Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? We've got some jump ins, but you know we're on the clock. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? No, it's a Stefan from Long Beach. Hey, what's up, Stefan? Oh, the Stefan DC. This is the Stefan. How's it going? Great. It's good to hear from you, buddy. It's been a while. Yeah, no, I'm busy. I uh, got a firm job, so I'm doing like ticket and DUI defense. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that sounds that's, great. That's one of us. You're fighting for us. Yeah, don't drink and drive in Orange County, by the way. It's real bad. I don't. I only do it in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, I only do it in places we know. Good. I mean, really, Street yeah. Fight is a not a drinking and driving show because I don't drink. Well, on tour, but you're pro drunk driving. You don't drink, but you're pro drunk driving. But on tour is what I'm talking about. Like, there's never drunk driving on tour. True. Because I am always driving. True. So that's so we'll be safe in Long Beach. Well, Long Beach is L.A. County, and you have a better chance of beating DUI there. Orange County, they've got the worst judges and some of the meanest DAs, so just don't do it. Yeah. Well, don't do it. Just in practice, don't do it. You it know? is not a it's good a idea. Bad idea. I do have to say there are times in my life when I feel absolute regret for how drunkenly I've driven before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I made it. It wasn't a bad situation, but I just never wish I never had. It's yeah. one thing I wish I could pass on well, to, like, our kids. Like to Gwen, that's something I want to say is don't do it. Find something else because you'll make it, but you're going to feel like hell about it. I got a, I got a California Highway Patrol officer to admit that stone driving wasn't as bad as uh, uh, drunk driving. They, the, different, the, the real problem seems to be crossfading. That's the absolute worst thing you can do. Right. Yeah. Well, for other people, not for but, me, uh, but yeah, for other people, for everyone else that definitely don't crossfade, I, I do just fine. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's the multi, it's the multi drug screen when you get it back and you're just like, yeah, you're not beating this call. So, oh, they but, do uh, it. Yeah, that's true. Fun. If they prove you're on weed and yeah. alcohol, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, honestly, I've been, you know, we can beat DUIs when it comes to, uh, Weed only, especially if there's no like property destruction, there's no accident. If they don't have you on camera swerving, which they probably don't because, you know, stone people don't swerve that much. It, it's really, you know, even if you got a little bit of weed in you plus a little bit of alcohol, you, you can actually sustain a DUI below a, a 0.08 <laughs> pretty easily. Oh, that's good advice. But yeah, but I, calling in, her, you guys had pretty light nights, so I won't care to take up too much uh, time. One, Got uh, weed trend. If you have not tried it, chamomile blunt. What is it? Well, that that that's a Brett thing. Chamomile blunt. Chamomile is yeah, it? Yeah, they are. It's the wrap itself. So right. Okay, I was gonna say. Away in California for, 
Yeah, whatever reason in California, it's been impossible for me to find regular tobacco, like unflavored tobacco blunts recently, because they're replacing them with all these other herbs that are ostensibly safer. Dude, um, do you fuck with King's Palm? I did that last. I did that for a while, but the taste was too nasty. Like I liked the the burning part of it. They, and, you know, I think it was. I mean, they're big money. Yeah, they cost way more than other stuff, but the King's Palm, I, I love. I think they're fantastic. When Wavy was doing the background uh, for the set, we smoked a whole bunch of them. And the, the it's so even and so slow. It was like a big, it was a value-added experience to my weed to get that King's Palm. But chamomile I'm into as well. I'll fucking I'll smoke anything. They have I you can order them for two twenty five a pack. Five per pack. Yeah, they they eat really easy to roll and they burn slow and they don't have a weird taste. So that's that's my, my pitch for that. Is it like a backwoods? Is it like loose or is it a crispier? Yeah. Yeah, actually it's real it's like a okay, so it's got like you ever get those those naked wraps that come with the little plastic tube in them and everything like that? Yeah. They're they're flexible, so they're not like a they're not like a regular tobacco blunt where you got to actually like spill out the, uh, the the crappy cigar you're not going to smoke. So they got that little flexibility to it, but they kind of come in like a little strap or a little um, like a backwood style uh, like strip. All right, all right, I'm into it. Best of both worlds. Do they make you relax? Then, uh, Is it? Oh yeah, no, I've been I've been knocked out like the sleepy time bear for the last two nights when I've been smoking them. Okay. I uh I'm not smoking weed right now. They don't sell blunts at the dispensaries here. You have to you're not allowed to uh smoke. So no pre-rolls, no blunts. No I, pre-rolls? No pre-rolls, no blunts, because it's illegal to smoke. You're not weed. allowed to smoke. <laughs> wait, wait, so they sell the flower, but you can't actually but not in a pre-roll thing. They're just assuming everybody's going home and vaping it. Vaping it. Y- vaping well, it. on the menu it does say flower to vape. <laughs> well, I got wow. some big news for you, actually, Stefan. Is uh, my dad gave me weed for Christmas? Oh, oh, it's very nice. Was it in a stocking or like, like wrapped like a like fancy packaging and everything? No, it wasn't. I knew exactly what was happening. So we were doing the COVID get together, and so we set up a Christmas tree in the garage. And Charlotte runs away, and my wife isn't in the garage. And he peeks around the corner and he starts to pull something out of his pocket and he goes, Hey, you want some of this? And I already, I could tell by the way he was acting. And I just started shaking my head yes as fast as possible. I was like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah. 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 And so he, he gave me a, uh, he gave me an Ohio eighth of weed, which is pathetic. It's 2.8 grams. It's one tenth because Ohio is horrible, but I plan to roll the whole 2.8 into one blunt. And share it with Katie, Brian's wife. So maybe we'll get chamomile for this. Yeah, she would fucking love chamomile. She would she would be like, yeah, this, she, my, my wife is very experimental with weed. Like a lot more than me. So she, because uh, uh, I'm not experimental at all. I eat the same thing every single night. Same exact weed every night. 10 to 1 strawberry gummies. Yeah, the, the uh, edible price here has just collapsed. I don't think anybody's getting them these days. Everybody's either going for the uh, cartridges or for the flour. But really? actually, I have one last thing, and then I was gonna I was gonna let you guys take other calls. Okay. I've been debating among some other street fighters whether or not granola is inherently a dessert. 
I eat it as a treat, and I treats are I call desserts treats, and I do eat granola as a treat. So it's not inherently a dessert. It's not only a dessert, but it is it is a dessert. It can be. Yeah, there's no way to get around it. Um, oats are healthy for you. You can cover them in like brown sugar and molasses and and candied walnuts and all of that. But it's the same way that like yogurt is essentially ice cream. Like it's cow's milk with sugar and fat. It's like if you eat if you have if you have yogurt and granola for breakfast, you're having like a sundae. Calorically. Like it does it's not the same kind of like mental feeling, but it's all the same ingredients. Um I don't I think oats I don't think we should demonize oats ever. In America, eating healthy or eating the right things is is already not popular. So I, I don't I don't think that it's I don't think it's a dessert at all. No. Oh, you're saying you'd be deemed I, I say it's a compliment for it to be dessert. Because it's sorta of healthy and it's kind of a dessert. It feels know? like one of those ways for people to make you feel bad. It's like, oh, I had a granola bar, and it's like that's actually the same as a Snickers bar. <laughs> I think Stefan probably. I've only been is shamed a, for it. I've yeah. only been shamed for liking oats with honey on them. I love granola. Granola is is better than ice cream. It's better than all than a cookie. Granola is an acceptable breakfast. It's not a dessert. It's also an acceptable dessert. It's also an acceptable dessert too. That's what I. Said. You can really dessert it up. That's what I've said. I I think like but I, you know. On Shark Tank one time, they had, like, the worst idea I've ever seen. And that was a bread pudding, like, food cart stand where you would go in and you would just order different flavors of bread pudding. And they'd scoop it up. And they'd scoop it up and put in a little thing. I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard, but they said they had one on Venice Beach and it was making money. Uh, I think... There's no way something on Venice Beach is making money. (laughs) So what I think is... A good idea is granola. Yes. In that fashion. Yes. And like you can just roll in and get because you just don't you don't see place treat stores that are granola treats, right? Where it's like, oh, we got the healthy granola. We got the cookies and cream granola. We got all different kinds of granola here. And maybe just sell vanilla ice cream too. You yeah. can get vanilla soft serve and granola. Here Stefan, I want to also say, because my daughter is a couple years older than yours, but she is also getting away with it, where now we have chocolate granola at our house. And so she wakes up and has like chocolate chocolate granola with pomegranates and honey vanilla yogurt. And that's just a goddamn Sunday. Yogurt is not the same How as ice cream. Wait, wait. How did you get your kid into taking tasting these like complex things? Because mine, when she was a like tiny baby, and didn't have any agency over it, was fine eating it. But now we're getting to the age now where it's like, if I don't serve her the, if, she turned down homemade macaroni and cheese the other night versus the box kind. So now that's a Gwen move. Where I'm like, all right, yeah. What is this? Is this something that's happening with school now? How do I how do I correct this? Actually, Gwen um, likes like we. The way we did with Gwen, and she doesn't have the biggest palate, but she does pretty well for a 16-year-old in Ohio. Uh, I think, like, uh, uh, we didn't eat fast food until she was, like, 13. So she had never even tried Taco Bell until she was a teenager. And now she likes it. 
but she doesn't see it as inevitable. You know what I mean? So she'll, she has had all different kinds of Mexican food. She's had all different kinds of Italian food and, and she's just had all different kinds of food and she doesn't see cheeseburgers as an inevitable thing in your life whereas when i was growing up it was like when's cheeseburger night this week when i mean i or or when i was in my 20s i would have cheeseburgers every night for a week i would i would have mcdonald's then wendy's then burger king like those were our dinners for whole weeks at a time so like expanding their palate is really like if it's 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 like about like just giving them a bunch of different foods and hoping that they'll try it. But, I mean, your kid's now, at the age where they won't try anything. And I'm going to be honest. Um, when she didn't have any agency, we shoved all kinds of shit down her throat. And then once she learned the word no, then it was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Now you're going to make me feel bad about making you eat Indian food? Yeah. Now you're going to say no to that? Um what I did is I switched to box macaroni. I really did. I, I was like, that's what she likes. I'm just going to go for that. Because if you spend, expend all the effort to melt down everything and they're just, you're just going to throw it away, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what we basically got into. I've surrendered to the, uh, to the cube from, from, uh, from Costco every, three, every month or so. It's a, I mean, it's a phase. And I think it's just a matter of them being able to say no. You know, they, 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 like, so, they like peas. But they also want to be able to not just say yes to everything. They want to feel like they're in charge. So they'll just say, no, I don't like these peas, even though they're really good. And they're the same way that you've made them every other time. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've, I've really just kind of given into and indulged in it. We do a lot of Taco Bell from home. She was she was big into like taco uh, black bean soft tacos. So I will just like warm up tortillas and fill them with black beans and throw shredded cheddar cheese and lettuce on top of it for Mexican night. And that's what I feed her. And then my wife and I will make something better for ourselves. Uh, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a way to get them into it. I think that kid palates are going to be flawed and y- y- it. It sucks to make to try to make food that's that's acceptable for them that you also want to eat. Yeah, this kid loves quesadillas. I don't remember how old. I think I was like eighteen years old by the first time I had a quesadilla, but this is basically her her main staple at this point. Right. Yeah, those things are. I mean, right. I, I think that you know, having them try it, having them open up to it, letting them know that it's available. Like you're just going to have to put up with it because they're never going to give you what you want. That's kind of part of the battle at this age is that you have to let them say no and just be okay with it. Because if they said yes all the time, they'd just be a bootlicker. <laughs> yeah, I mean Gwen. Gwen has a pretty. Gwen eats Indian food. She eats all that stuff. She's 16, but for a long period of time. I mean, she didn't eat anything either, so I, I wouldn't, I totally wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, there's a, there's a, I've had to be careful, by the way, with my job stuff recently with her in her preschool, because she's apparently, speaking of bootlicking, she yeah. told the kids, the little boys who are obsessed with becoming cops, that that is actually not a good job, because the cops are bad. 
my kid. That's my my kid. Is, <laughs> yeah, she does the same thing. It's wild. One of there's a seven year old best friend of my daughter's that started a Black Lives Matter club. Then she's also like Talk forcing people to do zooms with her, and she's like, "What are you gonna do today to to raise awareness about the destruction of Black Lives in America?" Seven year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool, though. I mean, Gwen was posting yeah. through the coup about like how the, the the police response was different and all that stuff, and like people were so happy. To to see that the the people kind of around Gwen, my Gwen's family. been maced by the cops. She earned her stripes. <laughs> Gwen has been maced by the police. I, <laughs> She's been beat up for, for going to a candlelight vigil. We had that famous picture of the LBPD over the summer. I was at that protest, not near where this picture took place, but um, you know, it's become the famous one now of one of our riot, one of our fine riot cops pointing a. Uh, brand new projectile launcher at a kid sitting on top of their dad's shoulders. Yes. Yeah, yes. So that, you know, they, I, but I was just going to wrap up what I was going to call about just saying your guys show on Wednesday was fantastic and you balanced well between, you know, not, not predicting, not, uh, not taking a victory lap or predicting exactly how this was going to be going down while also being pretty uh, cognizant about the, uh, I don't know, like where to go forward with it. I mean, you get, I mean, you guys have been around for a decade and like you said, you've been, you, you, you very well saw this saw this exact thing how it's gonna be breaking out and it's been really interesting watching a lot of the uh you know a lot of the the more centrist or liberal folks that you know we're family members with uh finally seeing the light but uh yeah thanks for taking my call thank you for uh for all that you guys are doing and keep it up thanks dude. thanks Stefan. it's I good to talk to you you're Stephan. a legend man yeah <laughs> have a good uh, night you guys have a good night yeah i think that the, i think that really um what he mentioned is for the liberals around me that I, I don't want to do a victory dance. I don't want anybody to say that I'm right or give me a pat on the back. I just want them to go down the same route. Yeah. I want them to stop going back to Nancy Pelosi and the Speaker of the House and Chuck Schumer. I want them to completely abandon that and join me in this radicalism. Yeah. You know, I, I and you, you like they, you know, over the summer, they got exposed to these radical texts. Like they maybe read a Toni Morrison book, you know, or a Bell's Hooks, or maybe they, you know, read James Baldwin for the first time. But that's not a reason to, to go back to the to Democrats. That's a reason to like turn your back on them. Like yeah. this is the time to go towards the light and go towards a righteousness and not having a conversation with piece of shit people that are going to bring the demise of all of us. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, it's good to hear we handled it well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't feel like I did, but I, I do like. You never that. do. Neither one of us ever do. Thanks for going Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi. Yes, this is Grayson from Orange County, California. First time caller, new listener to the show. I love what you're doing. I'm a former. Party Youth Board member, and I became more leftist a few years ago. And honestly, I was a big talk radio fan, obviously being in the conservative movement, wanting to become a talk radio host. And I was going to tell you some of the stories I had with my with my agent, um, some fun stories. Actually, <laughs> honestly, the jobs I had in the conservative movement were some of the best jobs I ever had. Kind of the reason why I went leftist because the other jobs I had were crappy. <laughs> um, but that's incredible. The story about the 
I mean, thank you. You thank just you. you just saw the light, or, or, or like was it a like was it a matter of like truth and righteousness and logic and not being afraid of any answer that led you here? A little bit, a little bit of that. Um, a lot of my underlying tendency, my underlying motivation um, as, um, for being in that in that sort of ideology, and also um, quite a bit of punk rock and soul searching as to some of the things I was spouting off, and also taking a skateboarding business class when I was studying political science at USC, <laughs> and I started, yeah, yeah. A real class. It was probably one of the best classes I took it at USC. And um, after that, I started kind of. I had been for a while. I was trying to in the time I was in the Tea Party. Um, this was before alt right was a big thing. I got out right at the right time to not to avoid all of that alt right garbage. Um, and I was trying to kind of fight against it. And I was trying to kind of slip in the um leftism i was trying to kind of slip in i didn't even know really what i was thinking about. i was thinking okay so why don't we have an ideology where we're supporting the people and and but not having oppressive levels of government power which is what everybody was afraid yes. of and what i was kind of afraid of when i was in the conservative movement and i was writing articles about why a rage against the machine for the democrats were conservative publications. And then at some point I just decided to go deeply, what is it that this stuff actually, actually means? Why are they on the side that they are? And then I wound up figuring out, okay, so you have you have these all these threats to liberty. The thing about the thing about conservatism, the thing I've learned about how it works is it's based on theoretical harms made very personal to the average individual. Amen. Um, and then a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the leftist stuff before I came across Street Fight has been very focused on the, um, has been focused on real harms made into very theoretical Ivy Tower forms that are not relatable, um, to the people. But there, there's a real harm to liberty from bad workplaces, from actual government oppression by way of police brutality, and all of and all these things these are real threats to liberty. All the other stuff I was dealing with was kind of theoretical. I had some class consciousness, of yep. course, from not doing so well financially, and that kind. And then that also helped me to help me along the way. That sounds. I mean that that sounds um, right because me and Jake, uh, Jake, I see Jake, famous rapper, emperor, and. Uh, editor and poster of street fight we were talking this week about the QAnon stuff and about the conspiracy things and i also like my personality type is one that has zero morality and i have zero attachment to anything for any reason like I, i'm my personality and, and brain works in a very logic focused way and that why is this happening how do we make sense of this how can you understand these things and, you know, there's a manner of, of conservatism and Tea Party that opens up free thinking. Like, maybe it is an evil cabal that's, like, against us. Maybe there is some something that's, like, working against us. But if if you're not willing 
or like if you're not willing to be open to the idea that there is an over there is an upper class of people that are taking advantage of all the working class people if you're not willing to do the class analysis which a lot of like that's all that republicanism is it's like it's not willing to address that some people are getting everything while the rest of us get nothing because they have an answer to that already anybody that has nothing deserves it everybody is in their perfect place everybody earned their position in life but once you have lived life you can't really accept that unless you're completely fucking delusional absolutely yes it that is kind of that hard realization and for me realizing that okay you can have both liberty and community together and that you need that. It's absolutely essential because otherwise you wind up with 1% with freedom and 99% really without it. And as I was leaving the whole conservative movement, I was never around like the alt-right types or these racist types. In fact, I was like actively fighting against it. I was part of the minority outreach type approach within the conservative movement, writing one of the newsletters that went out to all the minority leaders. Um, and the guy was my boss, probably one of the best bosses I've ever had, actually. So I'm not, I, I don't crap on him at all. Um, I actually liked what he had to say, like in one of the last emails. He said, I kind of explained where I was going, that I was going left libertarian. And he said, well, um, this is all, this is all typical, um, liberal. I love how you use the word liberal, but, all typical, um, all typical liberal pie in the sky thinking. But he said, you see, Marx was about freedom, not equality. And, and, and I, and that was like the greatest Freudian slip. Right. Yeah. That's, that's like like giving you permission. (laughs) Yeah. it, 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 that is a funny Freudian split too, because he, I mean, Marx is about freedom in that, like, freedom to you know uh have more time to yourself like the conservative movement doesn't spend a lot of time talking about the freedom that your boss and 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 your job take away from you and that is the thing that is far more of a threat than the government taking the what the government does to us i'm not saying the government's not a threat i think that like I, I police brutality is a real thing and the, and and the police are a real threat to to like personal liberty but really like the thing that's taking it away from you is your financial situation and your job that's where all the freedom goes yeah and they'll turn a blind eye to that because their solution is kind of like becoming what you guys call the quote unquote small business tyrant i actually have a funny story i was going to tell you about my agent and I could tell, like, my, I had a talk radio agent, and this guy definitely seemed very broke. And I wound up giving him my debit card number because I was buying some services from him, some social media services, wound up with a bunch of large charges on, on my, on my account that weren't there, um, that weren't there before. I suspect it's probably because whatever vendor he provided the credit card number to, um, had like some sort of overdue balance on his account and thought that my card was like the, was like the card for it. There's a lot of stuff in like the minor conservative movement that's so inconsistent where you're financially struggling and you're still, you're still believing, believing in it. But it, it definitely gets, it, it even, even there were times where I, where I wasn't doing well financially and I was still believing in what they, in, in what they were saying. 
But I think that's a major inconsistency that that does need to be worked on in some way. And then getting that sort of cohesive community around it the way the conservatives do. Everything felt so like they they basically found a way of making you making you feel welcome, making you, and making you belong and not feel scared or like this is anything too extreme. It was always the other side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it. what you said about building, like, a cohesive community around these ideas is, like, the conservative movement seems to have, like, three tendencies. They have, you know, the, the Republican, the uh, Trump guy, alt-right thing now, and then they have, like, the libertarian side of it. And that's, like, basically their, their sort of three tendencies where the left has a million bajillion of them and uh, we do I think have a lot of trouble crafting our message to the people who need to hear it because I mean what happened at the Capitol we could definitely like that I see people bring this up a lot we could channel that into stuff but we also would like it's going to involve a long time of like messaging, I guess. Well, and and let me ask you in relation to what happened this week, I think that like our messaging is one that requires compassion and requires camaraderie. Like we require a level of empathy to be accepted and be a part of our group where the right wing is just so tangentially related to each other it's this very big network of people that just feel like the world is bad or is wrong and so like what what is your perspective uh, on those people that maybe thought of right-wing thought as this like uh punk rock type of thing to be against the government and then now they're 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 a part of this insurrection or part of people storming the capitol you know the the big their big tent atmosphere invites this kind of stuff and and they really capitalize off of it but um i, I don't know how do you how do you what's your temperature of the situation well i can tell you that i i think that a few things apply here first thing is that hurt people hurt people um and there is a way to sort of heal that hurt over time. And I really appreciate they're bringing up the overtime part because a lot of stuff is like electoral mobilization. You put up a tent for the election, take it down. There was consistent long-term work going on in, in Tea Party groups from 2009 all the way to 2012, all the way up to like up until Trump campaign, really. And then all the funding got pulled out. And that's why I'm not a board member of Tea Party Youth anymore. Um, but the other part is that, like, they say, like, in the Christian faith, that the devil appears as, the angel, as an angel of light. So you mentioned punk rock. The true punk rock, obviously, is, is on our side. And then you have the false punk rock. Of course, you have the whole, you have all the divisions within, within punk, which that's an entire show that I'm not even qualified to speak on. <laughs> but by bringing, I think if you need to bring more of an aggressive, bold, like, energetic form of leftism to those audiences in the right way at the right time. Because a lot of them are just kind of thinking that they have the caricature of the, of the weak, 
the weak leftists, they try to they try to think of them, okay, these are just these soft social justice warriors that don't that 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 they just are crybabies and all that. But I'm like, no, it's it's so it's so incredibly strong. If you get to the right people, you see the strength of the uh, of punk rock. You see the both the you, like the discipline of 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 skateboarders who were also activists was one yeah. of the kind of was such a contradiction in my mind, and it, that kind of drew me into it. Yeah, and it takes an incredible amount of courage to be anti-American. Choosing to do 1776 again is so basic and and so lame but you know the people that are actually fighting against the world that it in the way that it exists are way more courageous and, and proud and powerful and all those things like it, it's it's not as easy to just choose to be a white guy that thinks that all other races are bad and that gay loves, loves the president yeah that loves the president i mean how hard is it to love the how president? hard is that yeah <laughs> what kind of what kind of bravery is required to love the president yeah I mean, that's sort of the mainstream. That's like when Christians get very mad about their, you know, oh, you know, we're like they're a minority in this country. And it's like, no, you're the majority. There's more overwhelming than anybody else. So there you go. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you calling. You got to call back. Yeah, please. I appreciate in this perspective is great. And I, because I'm with you, I feel like I'm on the same path. I felt that there was a reason that I should make the people in power feel bad. I I knew that there was that I knew that everything was fucked up, and I had this generalized feeling. And I also had like the moral debauchery to the point where I was willing to accept that America was bad. I think that what we found is that people can't accept that the United States is a bad decision or has done things wrong or that it has to be replaced. If you're not open up to any possible solution, you can only come up with, well, we have to reify American values. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking my call. One last note I'll leave it on is, I don't know if you want to go out there and start saying it's straight up, straight up America is sad. But yeah. I think there's sort of this development and growth mindset that kind of exists and maybe make it a sort of like a growth from an individual out to a group, out into society. And, and that kind of, that kind of mindset would probably work a little bit better. But of course, if I'm going to come back, I can always talk more with you guys. And I just really appreciate the fact that you took my call and you have a great rest of your night. Have a good night. You're the chef. All I right. love that. We That's- got, one more to go. One more. Last call. Last call. Somebody's been trying to jump in, and I've been well, hanging up on happening. them, and they keep doing it. Not no, happening. They got that point. It's 11.55. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? You're the last call. Hey. Hey, who's this? I think this is... It's you. Hey, yeah. I'm actually really excited that I got on the queue just in time. Um... This is Jay. I'm uh, a member of a trans collective uh, ranch um, down in Southern Colorado. Okay. Um, I've been kind of watching y'all. Yes. I've been kind of watching y'all like kind of a couple of years now. And this is my first time calling. And sorry if I'm a little excited. (laughs) Do you think now? Um, My pronouns are she, her. Do you think? Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I have a good question for you here. 
Do you think I would make a really good cowboy? <laughs> You're on a ranch. Good. Um, <laughs> so, so we ranch alpaca. Um, oh, it's not your typical like cowboy experience that you might be thinking of. It's um, <laughs> a little different, but you know. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. I but they're. <laughs> I think of myself as a cowboy, and I'm what's, not even close. Yeah. What's required in breaking alpaca then? <laughs> well, you just raise. Oh, them. you don't really break them. Honestly, they're they're pretty self sufficient. Um, and in fact, like I I have to keep my if they're out, I need to keep my dog on the leash because they will actually like gang up on predators and intimidate them <laughs> and maul them to death if they don't fuck off. <laughs> like. Okay. Damn. It's pretty it's pretty incredible actually. Alpacas seem like sweetie pies. Is alp- alpaca and llama is that the same? Oh, yeah. One's different, right? Well, they're both camelids. They're both camelids. Uh llamas are a little bigger and scarier. Yeah, I got bit by but, a llama uh, at the Ohio State Fair one time and cried my eyes out as a kid. Uh, but alpaca yeah. seem chill. I'm, I, I'm, I haven't turned that gang off. They're 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 honestly mostly chill. When you have when you shear them, you have to deal with a lot of screaming and vomit because they really don't like being wrangled like that. But you know, that's what you have to do. I'd do the same thing if you tried to shave me. To tell you the truth, so oh yeah, I'd vomit <laughs> and fight and kick if you shaved me. <laughs> So I, I know we cut you off. What uh, uh, what's going on tonight? Oh no, nothing much. I just um, hadn't. We've been so incredibly busy. I haven't really listened to. I used to listen to y'all's podcast all the time, and since coming to this ranch, I kind of haven't had the time to listen to any podcast because we're just incredibly busy. We do odd jobs within the con- within the local city and. Like, uh, it, it's just, there's so much going on. You're not allowed to have your phone on? Can we get you some time tonight? You're not allowed to like listen to podcasts huh? while you work? No. Yeah, actually we do. It's just like, if it's inconvenient, we, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> well, how did you get involved? Yeah, so. I mean, how did you get involved with, with the ranch? I literally, like, okay, so I realized I was trans, and I was, like, for a couple of years there, just kind of work, continuing to work shitty retail jobs, trying to, like, figure out where my life was going and stuff. I was starting to realize, like, climate change is a huge, serious deal, and between that and being trans, I realized, like, okay, I'm on the left somewhere. Blah blah blah. Yeah, um, those are the people that are speaking up about it. I like, yeah. I literally just like posted like as many trans leftist people do, um, trans commune win on Twitter, and somebody linked me to the GoFundMe that the ranch was having, and I like got super excited because this was like at the start of COVID, and I got furloughed from my retail job. And started living with my parents in northern Texas, and they're very, very conservative. That's right. <laughs> and that was not working out because <laughs> they were trying to get me to go find a like shitty like job. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, in the middle of COVID, like at the very beginning. And I was like, no, fuck that. Why would Look, I do that? Anybody so can wait tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that sort of, the, yeah, it, I, I don't even want to get into my parents. Sure. <laughs> Fair. It, I'm sure. I don't either. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I literally just messaged, I literally like wrote up a Word document with like 30 questions and messaged them. And they replied back and like it was obvious that at least the people who were organizing it were mostly anarchists and stuff and so i was like can i come visit and they were like yeah sure <laughs> and i just drove up and i haven't left since so so you're, that's you're living there to be here. you're living there yeah oh that is yeah. the coolest thing and you're you're it, it, it's yeah. good for you like it is are the people pretty cool i i, I was I've been dealing with severe depression and Same. anxiety and other things for decades. I'm almost 30. Um, it's been like a point of contention in my entire life. And since coming here, like I was already like driven because of climate change, but now I'm there's, there's a mission I'm a part of, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, like, that's wonderful. It's made such an enormous difference in my mental health to be part of a mission and a, a part of a project that where like everybody is on the same page. There's no like questioning of, you know, how valid you are or anything like that. Like it's enormous. That's great. I mean, and that's what, I mean, that's a big part of Street Fight. And, you know, uh, we live regular, you know, we live pretty traditional heteronormative lifestyles, you know, from the outside. But, you know, the motivations of the show is one that, you know, is one that where I realize there are people living outside of the norm. There are people that are trying to do something different. There are people that are making the attempt. There's just not a critical support of it. But if you're willing to chip in and willing to be a part of these projects, there's a place for you. There's a place inside the counterculture for all of us. Uh, the goal is to make the counterculture the regular culture, really. Uh, I, I don't, you know, when, I don't know when that's going to happen, but those people are there. And, and if you're going to sit in an office all day and say, like, I'm just a cubicle zombie, I feel miserable, that's on you because you, you can find something outside of that. And there, and there are people attempting to do other things if you're willing to pitch in. So that's really interesting that you're able to, to find something like this because for me, you know, if I was on my own and, and willing to, to be a part of something bigger than myself, it seems like a wonderful opportunity. It doesn't have to be like, you don't have to like sign your soul on the dotted line and say, this is what I do forever. But this sounds way more intriguing than just doing an internship at NBC News or something. Yeah, and you, you don't have to be queer to be a part of a project like this. Like, Find your local SRA or your local radical reading group and like join them, get to know them and see if they want to do something like this. You know, like anybody can do this. I went to a wobbly meeting one time in a commune. I didn't even know existed in, in Columbus, Ohio. And I, I went to it and I was so fascinated that like people lived there and, and were, were throwing all in together and living like, communism in a house right and uh the world won't let you be that yeah, way like, but if a dozen people want to get together and make it work they can 
Yeah, like, look, I'm not going to pretend that there aren't issues. Like, cleanliness is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> some people don't realize that. You know, like, there are issues. But, you know, overall, like, when it when you realize, like, what we're up against in the world, like, as far as climate change and the, in my opinion, very likely incoming ecofascism, like, we have to do something, you know? I don't mind cleaning, though. That's the thing about me is like if if things are messed up in the house, I, I'll clean it. I don't care. Like it doesn't bother me. I'll put a podcast yeah. on and I'll clean the house, you know, <laughs> but I think that's a thing I'm used to because I have a 16 year old kid that lives with me and I've been yeah. cleaning up after her for 16 years. So it's kind of like, I might as well. I, I just yeah. feel like I could do it. I could, I think I could handle if the biggest problem was cleanliness. The place I went to was immaculate. I could not fucking believe how clean that house was. And I think also, I mean, you have to accept that there's no utopia. Like you're deluding yourself. Yeah. If you think there's a utopia, oh. There's going to be problems. Absolutely. If everybody, life is problems. There, like being alive is a problem. That's the biggest problem is that you're alive. Every single day, it's just going to be problems. If you figure out the problems for today, there will be new problems for tomorrow. And, and we can't treat it just because a bunch of people got together and communally produce some alpaca fur doesn't mean that they also didn't argue about who's supposed to do the fucking dishes because that's a part <laughs> of being alive. <laughs> so accurate <laughs> yeah well I but that's also easier that's a much better problem to have than like i went to work today and and made no effect on the yeah. world you know i went to work today yeah. and sucked the the fucking dick of a guy that was a piece of shit <laughs> like i like i went in 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 you know I went in and venerated the cause of a of a corporation that I don't want to believe in because I'm afraid of of living a counterculture lifestyle. You know, like you know what it's like to follow your dreams. Every, you know, most people don't. Most people are most people are are living it like a, an office lifestyle and saying, "I wish I shaved my head. I wish I joined a commune. I wish I raised alpacas." And they never will, and they die with regrets. And you've actually followed your heart. Uh, which will all always, you know, which is the the only right thing to do. Really. It'll also lead you to keep doing it. Yeah, I think is. I mean, it's rewarding. You me, find that's rewarding for me when I was working for a living, and then I quit. One of the big things that happened for me when I went to college and and I wasn't working a job was like, oh my god, I don't have to give somebody eight hours a day five times a week. Like, I don't have to do that. I can live. I don't die if I stop doing that. And then once Street Fight started to support me, I was like, I mean, like all of those, that emboldened me to try to get this to be the thing, something that should be impossible to be the thing that supports me. And uh, over time, like just things happen, like things are happening that happened for me happen be because it's like a thing rolling downhill, I guess. Like once you, once you decide you've yeah. done your thing, then everything else later is like, you, you just feel like you can figure life out as you go. If, if when you pull away like this, you know? Yeah. 
I, yeah, Penny called the Fourth uh, of July march in town a basically a Nazi march, and yeah. all the liberals like got in touch with us, and that's part of how we funded our whole thing because that's how we just got all these odd jobs, and like we were actually making pretty good money just doing odd jobs for all these liberals who just appreciated the fact that we were pushing against the right wing nonsense in the area. Yeah, like just putting ourselves out there and like saying no fuck this this is bullshit like got us that shit yeah and yeah has kept us going and it, i mean and in fact like i'm 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 like the the gardening permaculture person of the ranch and we're in process building a community garden for the this town this small rural town in the middle of nowhere that you would expect to be all red because of that that's incredible. Yeah, and, and and instead of like being instead of like saying instead of being on the sidelines and wishing that you could be a part of it, you've just gone after it. And you know, the the financial rewards or the success or careers or whatever it may be is it has nothing to do with authenticity. Like when you're living authentic when you're living authentically and you're following what you believe and and you're you're going where that takes you. You're not, you're not going to feel bad. You know, it, being a doctor and making a hundred thousand dollars a year probably gets you a better credit score and more possessions, mm-hmm. but it's so empty if that's not who you are. Like, like just sucking it up yeah. and doing what's expedient is just going to make you miserable. I want to be clear here. I break with that. Being a doctor, we, I like doctors. <laughs> I think we need a lot of doctors. <laughs> But I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I just think that I've been. T- I was told to be a doctor, and I was never prepared to be a fucking no, doctor. I'm not either. a doctor type, and doctor people <laughs> are very special, but they're not everybody. It's the same way they say everybody should code. I don't want to code. You put me in front of code after four minutes, I want to go just <laughs> rob somebody or burn a fucking building down. It makes me frustrated. Everybody can't code. Everybody can't be doctors. Some people have to be lifeguards, like we were saying earlier. In the show some people just have to teach eight-year-olds have to how to swim and they should not be punished for that they should be homeowners for that they shouldn't be told you only get eight dollars an hour if you want to teach kids how to swim because that's a pathetic job and you should strive for more they should be thanked handsomely for it i'm with you bud basic requirement yeah all of this is just chipping in it's effort it's amount of effort and and like the human system and the way that your brain works, a lot of dumbass people get by just living in complete ignorance. But for those of us that are poisoned with the truth or without a connection to morality and uh, uh, an arrow that points towards righteousness, you just have to do what makes you feel okay because you're not going to to make it anywhere else. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for calling. Do, do you want to like plug yeah. the ranch or anything? Yeah, can we help the ranch out. or anything? Yeah, yeah. I I'd like to plug um the ranch. It's just tena- uh, at tenacious um trees. Tenacious ranch at tenacious ranch on Twitter. Um, there should be a link to the to the main GoFundMe on the tenacious ranch account. I also have a GoFundMe for the permaculture side of things on my account on Twitter, which is just at JosieBean42. Okay. Um, Bean, B-E-A-N? And 
B E A N, yeah. Like Bean Dad. We're we're actually like we're apparently we're getting told by the liberals in town that the right wing militia is getting pretty active around here with mm-hmm. all the shit going down. Sure. So we're actually really cons- we don't have um any kind of armor. Um, oh. and we could really use some. So if anybody is willing and able to, you know, put some money towards those gun companies for that, that's probably our priority thing. Yeah. Cause we've been docked a couple of times by right wing groups and, um, even had people drive by and take pictures and stuff. So, you know, yeah, well, let's get the yeah, tenacious ransom uh, guns so they don't have to throw group. bullets at people. I don't want them to shoot bullets at people, not just throw them. <laughs> Just armor. Yeah. I think I mean, they want we have, armor. We have, some, we have a couple of shotguns and a couple of rifles and stuff, but um, ammo where it's at, we, man. We, so I'm There's more no ammo. concerned about driving through town and people, you know, taking advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. It, it was a nice last call. Yeah, I'm really glad I got to talk to y'all. Yeah, thank you. I night. appreciate it. Yeah, it was a great call. Mm-hmm. that was street fight radio the call-in show thank you to everybody that called in we didn't get to uh leave early we actually did overtime but it was wonderful we had a surprising amount of call the the tea party was good right Mm -hmm. the unicorn ranch was good alpaca ranch not unicorn alpaca ranch (laughs) uh we will be back on Wednesday night. If you want to find us, we're Street Fight Radio. We're available on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube for your live streams. Uh, and otherwise, follow us on all the pla- podcasting platforms. And if you're a listener regularly and you like what we do, even if you don't want zines, even if you don't, even if you don't want videos, just subscribe to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. That's how we th- keep this thing rolling. Otherwise, we got to advertise my bookie and like puff bars. So, if you want the show to be free, patreon.com/slash streetfightradio. Pay for the lifestyle. Peace. <laughs>